Three, two. Pooch, pooch. You know how many I know. episodes? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many episodes have started with us singing the iCarly theme? I think it's at least three. <laughs> it's definitely more than that. Land live, breathe air. I know somehow we're gonna get there. iCarly was ahead of its time. For real. It's all for those like, and that's the end of the episode. I'm telling you just how I feel. Don't wake up the memories of my nation. <laughs> okay. We're gonna get a copyright strike. God, I hope so. The cease and desist. The day from we icon. get a cease and desist from Nickelodeon, I'm framing it. <laughs> Why did you just, you got so silent and like straight face. <sighs> Hi podcast, welcome to episode 52. Hi podcast, welcome to episode 52. Of the Morbid and Mundane. We haven't said the name of the podcast in a solid 15 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we always say it different. Morbid and Mundane. The Morbid and the Mundane. The Morbid and Mundane. Morbid and, and the, the Mundane. mundane. <laughs> the the and the <laughs> the and the Eminem Eminem on Eminem and there it is we were recording this after a pizza break it was the so last good. episode y'all Papa John's definitely told me it was gonna be <laughs> at least an hour and a half and I called and was like um can I just like come get it and they were like yeah it's in the oven right now like <laughs> <laughs> and we driver. did they just did not have a driver so we became our own driver because it's literally down the street i just didn't want to oh yeah it's a block away yeah two blocks could come we we walked halfway there when we went rando nodding yeah i was just go rando nodding with my friend the other weekend and i couldn't why i got i just had stuff to do this no. was the end of the school year i can't believe your school year's over and mine's not yeah what a loser yeah no, it's so fake. I'm so tired. No, I know. I just want no, it to that's be over. Saying, we kept trying to record on Discord the past week, and every time I'd be like, I am so sorry. No. But I am. <laughs> I just want exams to be over. Yeah, that's what I needed. Now, once exams were over, I was like, I can do anything. I can yeah. record eight in one day if we need to. <laughs> no. There's not enough hours in one I day. But... I was like, that'd be maybe like 20 hours of material. Because each episode's like two and a half hours. Yeah. <sighs> Hi, podcast. <laughs> just playing with an earring. Oh, so, yeah. I just ripped the back off of one of them. Hmm. That's fun. Were you trying to do that? No. Oh. How are you? I'm good. The pizza was good. Yeah. What's some other fun things that have happened to you this past week? I was going to say, we probably had more things than we talked about. We talked about a lot of the big ones. Hmm. Hmm. I had exams. How was it? I think I did pretty good. I had a chemistry one on Friday at 8 in the morning, and Ew. it was really gross. Um, Ew. And yeah, and Adam and Reza were asleep in the mega bed in Adam's room when I left. And I got back, and I had to get Adam's roommate to let me in, mm-hmm. or like sweet mate, to let me into the room. And so I walked back into the bedroom where Adam and Reza were asleep. And, like, I guess I made noise putting stuff down. 
So Adam kind of woke up and he's like, good luck on your test. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm back. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> That's so cute. Bro, I'm back. <laughs> nah, early morning finals honestly are the favorite for me. Because you get them out the way. You can't cram before them. You just wake up, you go. And it's also like you cram the night before and it's better and to sleep. study and sleep. Yeah, your brain remembers it better if you can sleep in between. Mm-hmm. So I love getting to stay up to cram and then sleep as long as I, I have left. Yeah. And then go straight to the exam after like, and it's not hot on the way to the exam, so you don't get in the room and you're sweating and stuck to the chair. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't all bad. All of my finals are at 10 a.m. That's so not bad. It's not. Honestly, I'm just excited to take them. I want them to be done. I know. This semester was a good semester, especially compared to last semester that had a hurricane. Yeah. And the semesters before that were COVID. Yeah. Like, this is this was a pretty fun semester, but I was ready for I was ready for the break to be here. No, yeah. It was hard class-wise. It's just fucking exhausting. But it's okay because it's almost over. Woot, 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 woot. We have a big visit coming up at work, though. Oh, yeah. Y'all get, like, higher-ups come in yeah it's it's a lot a lot's happening the monster high dolls are coming oh out oh my on the fucking 13th. god the monster high dolls are com- i'm and already gonna buy them the mexican pizza comes back on the 18th or 19th shut the fuck up about the mexican pizza. i will not i will not i will never i'm gonna buy a draculaura doll i don't know i want i want to get one you should i'm i'm about to i'm regressing so hard no like, i'm your gonna become child. my high school self but i want you know Maybe that's okay. Maybe I did be high school. Did you see that they announced the Percy Jackson cast? I think we talked about it. So the, they, when, I think the last time we talked, they'd only announced the Percy. And he's like, he's of age. Like, he's 12. And he's a little gender kid. He's so cute. But there was all this drama going around on Twitter because people are racist and also annoying. Um, Annabeth is going to be black. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's... The, and the actress is of age, which was, like, my only concern. It's like, you can't have a 12-year-old Percy and, like, a 16-year-old Annabeth. Like, it's not gonna work. Yeah. She's just gonna age faster than him. But she's 12. And then Grover... The Grover was announced, and he is Indian, I believe. Um, And Grover was older than Percy, and the, the new kid's 15. So, like... I'm so glad. When I'm they do so stuff excited. of age, it's so dumb to see... 20 year olds play high school students it's so fucking stupid and it's gonna be a series so it's gonna be like we're gonna watch them grow up like harry potter they're gonna grow up as the age they should be yeah which is so refreshing but rick because i follow him on twitter i follow him and his wife on twitter they they were like location scouting and if you want to know where we were looking at read this chapter in the book and it was the tunnel of love chapter from book one i'm so excited for them to remake that scene with fucking Hephaestus's net, like, and Annabeth getting embarrassed that she has to go on the Tunnel of Love ride with Percy. That's <laughs> oh, gonna be so fun. Yeah, all the Percy Jackson books were superior. Are superior. They're so good. So good. I, I was, like, addicted. I'd open it, and you could not talk to me. I would just zone into it. Do you remember when we made shitty Camp Half-Blood on Minecraft? It was yes. all out of wool. Hey, it wasn't that. Like, it didn't look terrible. It's just, like, you could light it on fire so easily. I want to remake it. No, we could do so much better now. But, like, for our age, we, like, mapped it out. We did have a full-fledged map. 
And, like, we're digging rivers and building hills because we decided to play on a flat world. And we're like, wait, we want terrain. So we built our own terrain. We made the strawberry field. Do you know how long that took to plant all that wheat? And then we planted a forest. <laughs> we did plant a forest. <laughs> we were idiots. We really were, like, super flat world. We'll build everything. We were, we went hard. We went stupid on Minecraft. Me and Ashley started we were building all of the worlds from the trolls and the oh i remember and then y'all had hopped on and started helping us at one point but we like had split it up into like six teens we really were crazy (laughs) and yeah we really were like we can do this we really were kids who came home and made more homework for ourselves yeah no we really had like deadlines to meet for ourselves yeah if it wasn't Minecraft, it was Just Dance, and we had to, like, master routines yeah. that day. We were crazy. If we were not getting five stars, we restarted. We were mentally ill. <laughs> no. All obsessive. <laughs> Every single one of us was obsessive, and, and it was worse when it lined up. No, it was always, like, hive mind stuff. We would all just zone into the same project, and it'd get done so fast. It was like worker bees. It was terrifying for, like, the adults, I'm sure, because all of a sudden an army of kids would walk home off the bus and turn on the Xbox without speaking and start dancing. (laughs) I miss it. I miss it. Anyway, now we have a podcast. (laughs) I'm going to play Minecraft tonight. I know. I was going to download it on my computer because Res has been playing. Mm -hmm. And I watched it two weeks ago, and I was like, I will fail my exams. If I, put, <laughs> if I put Minecraft on my computer, I will not study for my exams. So I'm going to get it when I get home. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been on my Stardew Valley kick, but it's ending. Are you ready to start? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Ghost. The final frontier. Okay. I have a ghost story. But there's not many ghosts. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I got halfway through the research before I realized uh, my fatal mistake. Um, but pretty haunted. Um, pretty well known. A few ghost podcasts. Like, and that's why we drink covered it. I listened to their episode. Um, TFIL has been there. Ooh, I like TFIL. Um, I watched a little bit of the TFIL video. And then I decided to stop watching and we should watch it together. <laughs> I'm down. Because it's so funny. Is it one of the more recent ones? Um, It's like a year old, I think. Okay. I might have seen it. It was Elton, Brandon, Corey, and one other guy. Who was it? Corbin. Yeah. Yeah, he's Corbin. usually with them. Those are your hints. Oh, that's it? Yeah. That's every video on the channel. A haunted building with those four. <laughs> That's most of Um, um, is it- It's uh, old. Old? Is it like an asylum? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Is it the one with the doll room? No. Okay. There's one with the doll room? Which one is the one with the doll room? I don't know, but one of the dolls moves <gasps> on the camera. Like, it's terrifying. I watched it. I would just replay the part and I was like, that- There's a- They can't get in that area. Like, no one's over there moving it. There's like a- I would like to watch that. Yeah, we can watch it after we watch whatever this one is. Mm-hmm. Is this the one where they're, like, in the church in the asylum? Might be the same asylum that the doll room's in. I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't know if I've... I only watched the first 20 minutes of it, though. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. What is it? Eloise? Mm-mm. I haven't seen that. Okay, it happened during that period of time where they were going from hospital to hospital. Oh. So they went to this one, and yeah. then 
some other one and then Trans-Allegheny and they did it all within like a five-day period. That's wild. No, yeah. The dream life, I was like, y'all are speed running getting haunted. But some shit happens. He really just calls people, though. He's so smart about it. They don't like break in most of the time. He just calls and figure out whose property is and like, look, I'm a content creator. I raise money for charity sometimes. Let me explore. And they're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, here's the thing. Is this asylum doesn't start as an asylum, right? It's all it's called Eloise Asylum. It doesn't start that way. It starts as a poorhouse and farm. Okay. And I I thought the term poorhouse was self-explanatory, but I'm going to I've looked at the Wikipedia page and I was like, this is kind of interesting. So a poorhouse is a government-run facility and it provides housing and support for the needy. They actually started in England as workhouses. But there's something in England called the Poor Laws, which I did not go to read, but I bookmarked it because I want to know what that is. But it changed how the workhouses were run. Um, But they were usually just simple farms the u.s it started during the 19th century and the 20th century um they were often situated on farms and able-bodied people had to work the farm but it was like work in exchange for shelter housing yeah but sometimes they were even part of the same economic complex as like prison farms okay um, but other fun facts. So it was like indentured servitude. Literally. They were usually county or town run. So it wasn't government mandated. And they were often under the direction of one or more elected or appointed superintendents of the poor. Which I just thought was a fun name. Yeah, that's wild. But a lot of these houses were like genuinely working farms. Like, they had livestock and grain and things like that that these people were actually working on. Um, The residents gave labor and also housekeeping sometimes. Um, But the rules were strict and the accommodations were minimal. So it's like, didn't expect anything great. Yeah. But our building starts off as the Wayne County Poorhouse in 1832. It goes through a few variations of the name. So it's like the Wayne County Alms House. And then it's just the Wayne County House. And then it's Wayne's County Poor. And, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's two miles away from the Detroit city limits. Literally two years in, though, the condition already starts to suck. So they purchase 280 acres in Nankin Township. It's two days away by stagecoach. So, our poorhouse actually, like, picks up and moves. Oh, okay. Um, on April 11th, 1839, they transferred 35 people into this new poorhouse. Um, 111 people refused to go. <laughs> they said that they wouldn't go into the, quote, awful wilderness. Because it was. It was a ways away. Yeah. So, the reason they started doing this is because... Detroit is like starting to grow and they didn't want the poor close to the city so it was literally just like shipping off all of your poor people into the woods into the woods yeah and so don't feel right oh yeah and it gets worse because like yeah um (laughs) yeah asylums are never 
yeah. the best story. So this is, it's in what will, this is where it would eventually become the asylum. So it started off somewhere else. It picks up, it moves, which was a kind of a misconception in a lot of the articles. I don't think a lot of articles understood that it didn't start in Nankin. Oh. It, like, moves. And a lot of the articles also said it stayed in Detroit and it didn't. It picks up and moves. Um, But there's this tavern. It's called the Black Horse Tavern. It's a stagecoach shop between Detroit and Chicago, but it's on this new land. And it is what, like, the poorhouse, they they take this tavern, they turn it into the poorhouse. It's super fucked up, though. Um, This tavern housed those 35 original occupants of the town. So it's like they, they picked up and they moved to this 280 acres in the wilderness. Like, these are the first people to be here. Oh. This is the first people in this town. And it, these 35 original occupants all lived in the same tavern together. Um, they, they didn't want to live here because it was super far from the city. But this is like, it's not even just the poor. It's like vagrants, criminals, outlaws, then eventually the mentally ill. Um, so one, one source said that they actually lived, it sucks, it's like the, it starts off as a pig farm, and one source said that a lot of the mentally ill patients were just, like, chained up in the top floor of this pig farm, and what would eventually become the asylum, but they aren't moved into a bigger location until the 60s, so from 1840 to 1860, it was just this tavern, but... The process of going from poorhouse to hospital, this place grows a lot. It eventually becomes over 900 acres and 70 buildings total. It was so big, it was its own city. It was its own zip code. Yo. Um, So weird to think about that it's just like a complex. No, it's so fucking big. The tavern eventually will become like the keeper's quarters. Um. In 1839, this A-frame house is built to house the patients slash inmates. And another cookhouse is built. Um, in 1872, it's when the clo- complex starts to become its own city. It's entirely self-sufficient. Like, completely. Um, it has its own police department. Whoa. Its own fire department. Yeah, I guess it would have to. Its own railroad. So far. Its own trolley system a bakery, amusement hall, laundry facility, post office, power plant. It has its own dairy herd, its own dairy farms, a piggery, a root cellar, tobacco curing buildings, greenhouses, everything. Weird. Everything. They just made a new city. No, literally. It is its own city. Like, I tried to Google Maps this shit. How do you Google Maps a city? Like, <laughs> because it, no, it's so big. Um, But... The hospital also has a cemetery. Um, it's across the street, and it's actually just called Eloise. Oh, yeah. It's a field of small brick markers with numbers on them. Oh, that's not good. It's more than seven thousand patients, <laughs> and they're just numbered. Yeah, a lot of their families couldn't be found or couldn't afford to pay for a proper burial. Oh, yeah. But in 1894, the building is finally named Eloise. Um, it's after the president of the board's daughter. Which, like, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, getting... Your dad's like, I named an asylum after you, sweetie. 
We'll abuse people here for 10 years. Oh my god. But then right after that, tuberculosis. No. So this brings a shit ton of new patients and makes them expand, and they have three new divisions. So the sanitarium, or sanatorium, however you want to say it, is the tuberculosis hospital. They have the hospital, which is for the mental patients, and then the infirmary, which is the poorhouse. Okay. So it's like three little compacts in its own, uh, in its own city. That's wild. And the conditions of districts were not good. One nineteen thirteen report nineteen thirteen report wrote that you could hear screams and chains on top of screaming pigs. So it was like you could hear the pigs screaming from the pig farm, the squealing and shit. And then on top of that, you would hear people. Mm-mm. And then in the thirties, we also get overpopulation as is common in tuberculosis hospitals um patients would come from detroit and other communities to have x-rays done here because they were one of like there is no such thing as a good old hospital yeah (laughs) it's all medical neglect um but they had the first ever kidney dialysis unit in michigan Hmm. they also were doing x-rays before a lot of other people um they also pioneered music therapy and using used insulin to treat patients going into music therapy yeah to do music therapy for people you know that's so interesting yeah no he like music therapy art therapy some cool classes he has to take yeah Mm -hmm. like what that's just like music and psychology stuff it's like put together it's cool sick um but they also did the bad shit too yeah so they did the cool shit and then they also did hydrotherapy and shock therapy Whoa. um eloise so it was considered exam uh, advanced but oh they also used um radium to treat cancer and open air treatments for tuberculosis so they were doing some shit right they yeah they were did what they like thought was good at the time mm-hmm. and now we know it was terrible yeah and like hindsight's twenty twenty, but it also kind of looked terrible then yeah but it's like the best they had. I was like, bro, come on. They're one shot at, like, trying to... Yeah. It sucks to talk about because, like, some of it was so messed up. Electroshock. Yeah, but some of it, they really thought that that would help, which sucks. They that it wind up being, like, not only did it not help. Killed did, people. Did the exact opposite. One source also said that they first did... They did the first lobotomy. Mmm. I don't know if they meant in Michigan. Or, like, point-blank period. Ew. But, like... Either way. Yeah. But they had a bunch of bad shit going on. So, like, they had bars over the windows. There was shattered glass everywhere. Some of the toilets couldn't flush. So, shit just kind of built up. Oh, literally. that's awful. Um, the water didn't have temperature control. So, it'd go, like, really hot or really cold. There were also lockers that the staff could use to lock patients inside of it in order to, like, inject stuff into them. And one of the sources said that they'd inject water into patients' blood? I don't know why that's bad. I feel like that would kill you. Would it? Isn't that just what IVs are? I mean, yeah, I guess your body could probably absorb it. But, I don't know, that's weird. Like, you can't get air in your bloodstream. Yeah, I knew that one. Some (laughs) stuff. Was it just like a, a placebo? Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could absorb it out of your... I don't know, though. That's weird. That I would have to look that up. Because it was in the sources, and I didn't know what it 
what it meant. <laughs> no, I'm sure that was like how we put medicine into the, in our, you know, IVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it like wouldn't kill you, but I don't know what it's doing. Yeah. Well, so as the population of Detroit gets bigger, so does the population in the facility. It goes from 35 to 1839, and in 1839, to about 10,000 total at its peak. Oh my god. Um, which is, the peak is the Great Depression. Like, of course. Yeah. And that's Everyone's when we really poor. get the overpopulation. So, people had to sleep on the floor because there were so many patients, and one report said that patients had to bring their own mattresses in order to live there, or else you would sleep on the floor. Ew. Um, rooms had double the patients they were supposed to, including tuberculosis patients. And also, um, the cooks were also patients. So, including sick ones and, like, mentally ill patients were also cooks. There were 56 cooks total and they made 32,000 meals a day. Wow. Yeah. Suicide was a big issue here, but the main cause of it was boredom. um so like one 1939 article is about like their routine and it literally was like they wake up at seven they go to bed at seven and between that they just sit and stare at a wall or work until they go back to bed yeah there was no exercise no organized social movement and to give them something to do some patients were just allowed to leave for like a few hours um which is obviously a problem because you know they'd commit a shit ton of petty crimes yeah. Like, and they also couldn't socialize well. Um, they're also and, in the woods. And the alcoholics were going to bars. Oh. Yeah. Um, one patient was it so excited. It wasn't to help them, it was just to contain them. That one patient was so excited for his turn to leave that he stole a car from the hospital, which turned into a high-speed chase, and he ran through two police blockades. Oh my god. He said, I'm leaving, leaving. <laughs> he said, it's my turn to go to the bar. <laughs> but after the Great Depression, the, the population starts to, like, steadily decline. Um, but there was a morgue and three cemeteries. Also, the estimate is that it's 7,100 bodies on the property. Um, and a lot of the estimate comes from, like, they think there was a bunch of failed medical experiments. Mm. Um. And there was also a bunch of other stuff that went on, like patient abuse, no sanitation, beatings, neglect, chainings, the usual. Yeah. They also had tunnels, which everyone glossed over. Yeah. I want, I want to hear more about the tunnels. Um, but the cemetery stops taking burials in 1948. Any bodies that were unclaimed were used for research by the Depor- De- Detroit College of Medicine. Um, they really were checking all of the bad boxes. (laughs) Literally. Ten years later, the farm stops operation. Um, in 1974, it downsizes to be just a general hospital and a mental hospital, but the psychiatric division closes three years later. Um, and then the hospital, the whole thing closes in the 80s. Um. All the way to the 80s, wow. Yeah, most of the buildings are demolished, but the last of the patients are transferred out in 82 and the state of Michigan takes over. Um, so by 1987, there were eight buildings left and only 50 acres out of the 900 and something acres. Yeah. It's crazy. But there were some famous people who were here for like a hot second. Um, Elijah McCoy. I don't know who that is, but he was an inventor. Um, there were also a bunch of baseball players. 
who were here at some point That's for some reason. Um, and musician Horace Flinders was also a patient and like got music therapy here. Hmm. But Eloise was huge. So today it became like the land became a lot of different things. Some of its land was turned into a strip mine or strip mall and a golf course. Not a strip mine. That's Minecraft. <laughs> that Minecraft brain. A strip mall and a golf course. Some are condos. <laughs> Um, one of the buildings was turned into a family homeless shelter. The firehouse and the former psychiatric facility, laundry, and the power plant are all still there but decaying. So, like, they're not used. Uh, the bakery was a victim of arson in 2016. Oh, okay. Um, and the charred building is still there. The smokehouse was deemed a hazard and demolished. But the main building, the one that everyone still talks about, is the k beard building it's also called building d um and that's what's left um that's the one you see everyone talk about that's the one that haunted tfil visits um it was used for psych admissions it housed up to 400 patients it's five stories tall um and it would have living quarters for employees too it was used by the county until 2016 when it was closed and essentially abandoned so there's still some shit inside um for a while, like, they used it as, like, a haunted house. So, there's a lot of situations where people will go in and think they see blood and stuff, and it's, like, from the haunted house. It's not oh. real. There was also a movie filmed here called Eloise, and it's the same situation. There's, like, movie props left and stuff, or, like, blood on the walls and stuff, and people think it's from history, and it's just movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the building was auctioned off. An article written in 2015 said that it hit the market and was being advertised for $1.5 million. Um, It's five stories tall, 150,000 square feet. The cemetery is still there. Also because, you know, as a rule, once a cemetery, always a cemetery. Yeah. Um, In 2015, the volunteers got some much, like, there was a bunch of volunteers who gave the cemetery, like, some much needed attention. Um, They tried to clear away all, like, the little brick headstones because they were covered by dirt and stuff over time. Mm-hmm. And there was one report that said they were trying to figure out who the bodies were, like, giving them names and stuff. Um, there's also one thought that, because there's a trailer park nearby, and they think bodies are under it. Oh. Yeah. But the complex was sold to developers in 2018. Do you want to know how much it sold for? How much? Guess. Was it in the millions? Just get, give me a number. Uh, 1.2 million. One dollar. Oh, so literally one (laughs) dollar. Why? It was sold to developers for literally one dollar. So just donated. Um, it's going to become affordable senior care, (laughs) which is like, okay. Um, the county sold it off for literally one dollar because they said it was saving money by giving it away for a dollar because they said it would take a few million to rehabilitate the land. And the county said they were also saving money on, like, maintenance and security and stuff. Oh, my God. But they sold it for literally a single dollar. That's wild. Um, but the K Beard building is going to be staying, um, along with, like, its historic plaques and markers and stuff. So it's going to, like, be the historic placeholder. Yeah, I think. From what I understand, um, I don't know what other building is going to be turned into senior care, but they said the K Beard building is staying. So I don't know if they're going to turn that into the senior care. I'm unclear. Okay. Because the, the, like, the asylum was auctioned off, and I don't know if that included other buildings. 
Yeah, well, didn't you say there was like eight left? Yeah. That could be one of the others. But some urban explorers alleged that they've found the remains of like experiments and stuff. Oh my god. Like jars of like Ew. brain. Um, apparently the floors two, three, and five are the most haunted. People have seen a woman in white on the upper floors or the roof. Oh, that's scary. You can also hear growling. Or, like, Hello? someone will yell your name. If someone yelled my name in one of these buildings, we ever go, like, urban exploring? Like, what would you do? I mean, I have a common name, so, like, I would just hope, like, maybe there's another Emily in here. <laughs> but, like, oh, my God, I'd lose it. I'd go crazy. Because, like, in the asylum. Because how do you know my name? Yeah. Because, like, that's not the first ghost story where some, like, ghosts know people's names inherently. Yeah, no, I just hate that. If something knows your name, it's trying to, like, fuck with you. Yeah, it's trying to make you trust it. Yeah. It wants you to think you know it because it knows you. Gross. Um, But you can also hear screaming, a woman crying, gurneys rolling. Awful. Or something heavy dragging on the floor. That's the one that got me because it's like, because you know that sound. Yeah. When you're lugging something behind you. You can also hear whispering coming out of closets. <laughs> I'd lose it. In 2019. I'm going to go so bad. I'd lose <laughs> it, though. In 2019, ghost hunters were let into the basement of the power plant building. It had been closed off for about a decade because it was flooded, but it was finally drained. They set up infrared cameras for about three hours, and they caught a shit ton of light anomalies. Um... Once, cleaning up after a tour, an employee turned around, and there was a walker in the center of the hall. That's bad. Um, the same group the, from the first one, the year before, had done a walkthrough of the K-Beard building. One of them was shooting with an iPhone on the third floor, and they caught an EVP of a voice saying, what's that? And the guy didn't hear him, obviously, and didn't answer. Um, but it, So it repeats itself, but it sounds angrier. Like, like I didn't know what an phone. iPhone was. Whoa. Which brings up a story from, it was in That's Why We Drink. I think I've mentioned it before that one of the hosts on And That's Why We Drink used to be a ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and M was talking about one story where they were ghost hunting and had to explain to a ghost what ice cream was. Because, Whoa. like, the ghost, it was a little girl, if I'm remembering correctly, like, did not understand what the concept was. And M had to explain it to her. Um... And, like, I think Em explained it away as, like, oh, it's, like, frozen custard, almost. And then, like, that's what made her understand. And she asked for some. And Em gave it to her. Like, it was a whole story. I don't remember what episode I listened to it on. But, like, it, it just, like, the ghost didn't understand. <laughs> that's weird to think about. Um, But one guy on a ghost tour caught a picture of a black silhouette on camera. In the back of the room, hold on. Yeah, I love pictures when people get just fun pictures. Do you see that? The person? The whole person? Like like in the middle, right? Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, that's not a person. <laughs> um, But he was like on a tour and took that picture. It and just looks like they're sitting after. at the table right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so weird looking and then another there's so much furniture left in there oh no yeah that's surprising there's they like usually a bunch clear of shit left rooms. over um one woman was also on a tour her name is shannon 
Um, and she takes this picture. But yeah, what is a person? Um, so she takes the, it's an industrial kitchen in the basement of the building. She's taking the picture and then later sees, like, the apparition behind the pillar. The, oh, like, like, she thinks is an apparition. That, like, white spot? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that just looks like a light's on. It's weird. But, so, there was also, um, a man who was often seen sitting in the commissary. Other shadows, what, this one was one that got me, where you'll walk into a room and a shadow will be, like, sitting at a table. Yeah, it's, I like, didn't like the, the picture place one. Um, in another investigation of the K. Beard building on August 31st of 2018, a guy who's alone on the third floor thinks he hears someone. Um, Why were you alone? That. So he calls out, turns his flashlight on, and he starts to hear footsteps. Why was your flashlight off? (laughs) Oh my, what are you doing? He turns his flashlight on and he starts to hear footsteps first. And he... After he, like, he's, he leaves, obviously, because he's fucking scared, but they're re-listening back to the audio, and you can hear the footsteps on the audio, but on top of that, you can also hear a woman humming that he didn't hear in real life. Yo, uh-uh. I hate when people replay stuff. It's yeah, like, no. We didn't hear this. Like, this wasn't real. His recorder caught it. Um, That same night, they catch something on a spirit box. It's flipping through radio frequencies, and they get a few things, but namely, they catch a man's voice. And I listened to it because the EVP was on one of the articles and you literally can't understand what it's saying. You can just clearly tell that it's a man's voice and it sounds like almost guttural. Like it's like groaning almost. Oh no. And like, but it's so clearly a voice. Like I don't know how to explain it other than that. No, it's like those videos like this is what English sounds like to people who don't speak English. Yeah. And it's like your your brain's trying to make it something and yeah. it can't. Yeah um it's gross there's also doors slamming shut or one of the things that got me was like you'll be walking and you will hear someone following you i hate those um people have had their clothes tugged on or like items being thrown off tables um where the old fire department used to be you can sometimes hear bells that's cool um a man will walk up and down the stairs people have seen the same apparition in like a collared shirt um one investigator (laughs) left a room and an evp caught someone saying lost bitch that's good sassy ghosts are good um a record flew off the counter and onto the floor pictures and documents will move themselves to different rooms like you'll hear papers moving and stuff dude imagine if you walk and a paper is just like walking away what would you do if there was sentient paper? I would turn around and walk out. This is not Doodle Bob. Like, I'd take him home. What a killer pet. <laughs> sentient paper. Um, People will feel like they're being pushed out of a room, like physically. Um, Also, mediums have said it feels like one negative entity is holding the spirits hostage. That's weird. Like, mediums have come in and said, like, they're trying to pass on, but something is keeping a them warden. here. warden. They're in prison. No, yeah. Um, so Elton, Corey, Corbin, and Brandon all spend the night. Yay. I can't wait to watch um, it. Yeah, they go to a slew of hospital as- asylums all in one trip. In this video, though, the tour guide, they have a tour guide with them at first, and he talked about some interesting stuff. 
Um, he said that the build, this building, the K Beards building specifically, was an all female building until the fifties, and then the the top floor becomes the male floor. He also points out um, that some of the toilets and things are lower because there were some areas specifically for holding children. Weird. Didn't know that. He talks about his experiences too. Like he ta- he tells one story that he was talking to one of the members of an investigative party, but at the end of the tour, the guy was not with them um like he said that they counted all the people and everyone was present but the guy he was talking to wasn't there yeah gross but the guy he was talking to specifically kept asking about the railroad and the tour guide was like i don't know shit about the railroad like don't ask me about the railroad but he wouldn't stop um yo yeah the team i would never sleep also (laughs) also jumps at a point because they can hear someone run past them also i may have misheard this guy I don't think I did, um, but he said that he's been ghost hunting since 2005, and this is the first place he'd seen that had what he called creepers, and it, long black arms that come down from the ceiling and touch you. What? Yeah. I've never heard of that. I was reading the, because I didn't finish the video, because I wanted to watch it with you. I read through the comments, and apparently you can see stuff coming from the ceiling at points. No. We have to watch this. We have to. Um, I will lose it. Corey, a few times, though, in the parts I watched, could see stuff coming from the ceiling. Um, yeah. Corey also asks for a sign that something is in the basement with him, and you the door closes or opens on its own. Like, you can hear it. Um, the tour guide also talks about a little girl who died in one of the hydrotherapy tubs, and apparently later in the video, the boys, like, do an EVP in the tub. And a little girl starts talking to him? I guess. It was in the comments. A door closes on its own also. And the way that the door closed, you know how, like, on the top of a door frame, if, like, the paint is chipping, it comes down and it'll, it'll, like, catch on the door? They hear, like, this clicking noise. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And then Elton realizes that the door was chipping at the paint. Oh. Like, it did it on its own. And, like, they looked into the room to see if the the wind had blown it closed and the window was boarded up. (laughs) Um, but one of the comments pointed something out. Um, it, it sounds like something is trying to warn them. So the comment reads, whoever was talking to them was definitely trying to warn them. It's here. They kept on repeating that because no one reacted and no one asked the important question of what is here. I heard that weird sound earlier, plus the growl. The spirits were referring to themselves as she, he, and them. Yet the one they kept on repeating was it. Um, the constant contradictions were as if the spirit and the unknown entity were fighting. Look towards the ceiling. I'm in the cellar. You're tricking them. It's Elliot. It's not Elliot. Like, over the EVP, it sounds like they're fighting. Yo. So, yeah, we have to watch it. And also, I'm now realizing my story was really short, but that is all I have. No, that's okay. That's Um, so exciting. No, yeah, I decided to do this one because I saw there was a TFIL video on it. I was like, oh, I know this is going to be good. No, Elton really finds some good stuff. Elton goes crazy, goes stupid. No, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. (sighs) That's why, and that's okay. My story's long, so that works out. Oh. Are you ready for intermission? Or do you want to... I don't know. I really want to watch it. I like don't know what to say because <laughs> no, I yeah. want to get to watching it now. <laughs> no, it's so spooky. I watched the beginning of it. And fucking fucking Elton is also a tool, though. He keeps scaring Corey for funsies. 
they make Corey go into the basement by himself. I know. I have uh, Elton is unfazed by some of it. Yeah, he really just like goes crazy sometimes because they'll be like in danger, and he's like, "Wait, I have to see." He's like the opposite of like Sam and Colby's early videos where yeah. they would like stay the night, but they'd leave. Yeah, he will never leave. I'm pretty sure you could have a gun to his head, and he'd be like, "Wait, wait, wait." but (laughs) that video where they're in the ritual tunnels though and elton's like you have about six seconds to decide he really ups the anxiety for no reason he's fucking terrible but i love him no he does that a lot too and he'll bring like machetes and stuff and he he's smart though yeah and that was a smart thing to say like we have to decide now what we're doing yeah we have to we'll we might have to fight you know like wasn't trying to sugarcoat it which i can also respect that that he was he kept his cool enough to say, like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. How are we handling this? And he's good at that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people are, even though he goes to these awful places, people keep coming back with him. Yeah. And he hasn't had much issue with that because he is really on his stuff. He gets permission to be in these places and, yeah. like, knows the rules, follows them, and is sometimes insane though like the i love the lighthouse video have not seen that and i haven't watched in a while so we could watch that in our little marathon we're doing Mm now um but that one's good because so much happens and they they literally like elton we gotta stop i'm freaking out (laughs) elton we can't do this elton he's ready to go the whole way though to prove some of this stuff to him and i can respect it yeah and he's also like like in the tfil video when it starts he starts talking about some of the history but he's like, but I don't want to talk about it anymore because we have a tour guide waiting inside with to, to tell us more. Like, he just, I, I respect him because, like, unlike Sam and Colby, who, like, he does the research. <laughs> I love Sam and Colby. I'm literally wearing their merch right now. But, like. <laughs> no, they figure out how to get in and they go. <laughs> like, it's like, bro, calm, calm and down. And I, I can, they started with just urban exploring. Yeah. And it turned into, like, ghost hunting. Yeah. For them. Like, it, it was just, like, weird stuff kept happening during their urban exploring videos. Right. So, like, I see where it comes from, where they're not, like, always doing the most research before they go somewhere. They just like going to cool places. Yeah. So, I get that. But Elton's, like, he'll study the history of a building before yeah. they go and, like, is his own tour guide most of the time. He's a vibe. Pop off, broski. I'm excited to watch these videos. No, yeah, I really like it. And when they talked about it in the beginning, they they apparently did, like, a slew of hospitals all at once. Yeah, I remember when they were doing that. I did not watch much YouTube this past year. Yeah. So I'm really behind on all of their I'm adventures. behind on all of it. Like, I did not watch. I still haven't watched the Chernobyl video. No, yeah. I want to. But they go to a shit ton of places. I think they went to the Sally house, too. Not TFIL, Sam and Colby. Yeah. But. I think so. I need to watch everything. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. I get addicted to YouTube sometimes. And so I have to, like, take breaks. Nah, recently I'm on a podcast kick, and I'm also listening to Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> you just suck. Do you remember in the early days, in some of the episodes where we didn't take an intermission? What do you mean? It was like some of the first few episodes we recorded. We just didn't take an intermission. I kind of remember We that. went from one to the other and then realized very quickly that we couldn't do that. Yeah, had to, like, at least pause. Sometimes we pause for five minutes. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's hours. Sometimes it's days. <laughs> um, I need one episode where it's, like, a week off. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like, 
And we're back. A week later. A week later. Are you ready for intermission? Yeah. I'm <laughs> slumped. I need my water bottle and I also have a headache. And intermission. Dun dun dun. I can't reach it. Where's the thing? Eh. I'm almost. Okay, maybe I shouldn't start in the middle of my thought. No, you should. I have a long story today. I have a true crime. It's very famous, so you'll... You know more about these kinds of true crimes than I do, too. So I, I'm... Missing sh- children? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why do you know all the missing I children? I really don't know why that was my guess, either. <laughs> but, like, I just knew no, in my I've soul never, that you were about to tell me I've never job. done one, so this is my first, like, kidnapped person. You did the... No, you did the boy in the box, but it was kind of like reverse kidnapping. Yeah. It was like the kid, but no napper. They, <laughs> like, yeah, they purchased him. I guess it is kid. It's kid trafficking, which is awful. Like Madeline McCain. Yeah, we talked about that. Or- I realize now that like I'm definitely going to have to cover that, or one of us is definitely going to have to cover that. Yeah, that's that. what I was saying. Because we, well, they almost certainly just solved it. Yeah, we got to circle back to that yeah. and go a little bit more in depth than like one article. Later. They still Wild. haven't identified those bones yet, if they're more a Murray or not. Yeah, that too. So much to update on. Okay, guesses. Hmm, this is a huge case. Uh, tons and tons of documentaries and shows are made. There's a movie based off of it. Um, very famous quote is the name from the guy. Um, or, like, someone involved is the name of the movie how do i give this it happened in 1970s 1980s okay 1990s um i (laughs) and it's a missing child is it a little boy yeah okay i figured because you said he he it's not, it's not that Jose kid. No. Right? Because he was, he wasn't, I think they found him. Or maybe they didn't. A missing boy. Was it ever solved? Yeah. Oh, they found him. Okay. I might not know this. I only know the ones they don't find. <laughs> oh, okay. This one's crazy. I had heard it before. My mom had watched a, it's a movie and like my parents saw it growing up and, um, my mom was talking about it the other day, and it reminded me, like, I wanted to cover it. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about a new, Hulu just did a new series on it. And she said she watched it, and it was really good. So I watched all of it last night. I watched all three hours. Hulu, wait, Hulu? Just did a series on it. Oh, wait, wait. I think I saw the title. Fuck, what was it called? I think I literally just added it to my list. Oh, what the fuck is it called? Do you want me to tell you the title? Yes. Captivated Audience. Yeah. I added it to my list because someone talked about it on TikTok. Oh, it's crazy. But, like, I... Definitely I, go back and watch it after I talk about mm-hmm. it. But that... I watched all of it, and I'm pretty much, like, going through what they went through a little out of order. Mm-hmm. But they have so much content in there that What's I can't fit in. What's the kid's name? Steven Stainer. Yeah, I don't know this one. Awesome. I, I about, saw the... I added the documentary <laughs> to my list, but... This one is wild, and I have to go fast. If you have questions, still ask ask them. But some of the stuff, 
we usually go a little bit more in depth and I kind of breeze through. <laughs> like me with Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, just like that. It was, this is some of my longest research I have ever done. Emily, I'm so, so excited. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But yeah, credit to Hulu's captivated audience. It was crazy good. It had a ton of stuff I didn't know about the case. Because mm-hmm. me and my mom have talked about this one before. Mm-hmm. And I had seen YouTube videos about it. But this like three hour series is packed with crazy stuff damn specifically interviews with the family Mm. really interesting perspectives on a lot of it so highly recommend uh but yeah steven uh he's a little kid he gets kidnapped in merced california in we're starting with that oh yeah (laughs) we're starting with the kidnapping yeah i i backtrack a little bit but okay so much happens that's not that okay this one's a wild one. Okay, so he's kidnapped in California in 1972. At age seven. Uh, uh, the man who did it had offered him a ride home, but we'll, we'll come back to that in cool. a bit. So, he was living with his parents, and he has four siblings. He is the second youngest, so he has an... The oldest one is his brother, then two older sisters, him and his younger sister. Okay. Um, his mom describes him, like, at the time as being a very ha- happy, helpful kid very trusting and there it is to his detriment but just like you know a good kid yeah um she was late from picking him up from second grade because she had stopped to like pick something up at a hardware store like ace it wasn't ace but like ace i enjoyed that you had to give an example of a hardware store it wasn't like home depot it was little (laughs) (laughs) i enjoy that you needed an example of like a hardware store like Uh, a grocery store you know like a walmart or something yeah 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 uh so she gets to the school and he isn't there so she goes home thinking like he might have walked or like gotten a ride home with a a friend the kids in the neighborhood were all really close it was a lot of kids the same age so she's like oh maybe the neighbors picked him up or something and she gets home though and he's not there and after a couple hours of hearing nothing from anyone in the neighborhood or around town they call the police oh my god um searches started immediately good uh and they knew that to get home, they would have to cross the street or this, like, parkway that leads to Yosemite National Park. Mm-hmm. So even though the park was farther than this, like, road, it's still a decent drive from here. But this is, like, the gateway into Yosemite. Mm-hmm. They were, like, searching into the park and stuff. Yeah. Like, they were looking everywhere for Stephen mm-hmm. uh, with no luck. So. The fact that you started off with kid was kidnapped and could not find him. And, like, we're, like, five minutes in. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's wild. Damn. Okay. Uh, so, what had happened on Steven's size was that he did try to walk home. Oh. He, the school wasn't that far. He did have to cross the street. But it was, like, not that many blocks. Like, it was a, it was a walk that wasn't, like, he'd be gone for hours walking. Okay um i I, it didn't give like a time estimate but it was like walking across campus or something like it wasn't he knew how to get home from school he had walked before um and he did have to cross the street and he did and on this street he was stopped by a man the street that led to yosemite uh this road that leads to yosemite is only a few blocks from the house like two or three so like was right in that area yeah. by home and which makes it really scary um but the man stops him and asks like would your mom want to donate to the church like would she be interested in donating 
And Stephen was like, yeah, I think my mom would like to donate. You know, he's helpful. He's a trusting little guy. What a weird thing to, like, you know, they're usually like, can you help me find my puppy? Yeah, it was weird that he didn't offer Stephen anything. Do you think your mom would like to donate to the church? Like, yeah, the church needs some help building. Do you think your mom, like, you, you know, do you think she would want to donate? And he's like, yeah. And so he walks him to the car on the side of the road, and there's a man, and he said, oh, this is the pastor. You know, me and the pastor. Wait, there's two dudes? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's, he's like, this is the pastor. Me and the pastor, we're just going to drive you to the house so, you, you know, we can get the donation from your mom. Like, we'll just give you a ride home instead of, like, following you. Um, and so Stephen, as a oblivious seven-year-old, gets in. That's so fucked up. <laughs> these two men's name were kenneth parnell and Irvin murphy okay uh they are they're the two men but <laughs> kenneth was the main guy i don't know how to explain it without like it doesn't matter if i spoil stuff it's not well a there's like a isn't there in a duo there's usually like the alpha and yeah then like the submissive parnell was definitely the mastermind of all of this Irvin was is he the one driving or is he the one who unclear i don't know okay um but he kenneth was the one behind all this it was kenneth's plan parnell is what i call him parnell is he's the one that wants to do this irving does commit the crime but like was less like involved he hit the motive wasn't his okay he was just kind of an accomplice gotcha to all of it um so parnell actually worked in yosemite and he he like was leaving work and decided to kidnap him pretty much like it Ew. was he was on the way out of the park had stopped and just abduct steven uh they then drive past the house though and steven gets worried so he's like hey that's my street you know like you're passing up my house and they tell him it's okay uh like it's it's late they're they're just gonna call his parents and see if he can spend the night and like steven's confused but like he's seven he like doesn't understand what's going on yeah. really they're they're like saying like oh it's okay don't worry we're we're gonna call your parents to make sure it's okay like we'll figure it out tomorrow which is weird but like he didn't know how to put up a fight so they just drive past his house and leave the town town mm-hmm they, whoa okay <laughs> they move a lot they don't leave they're not too far they're like 30 minutes away so it's a little weird mm-hmm. like probably still the same town but the next few days they kind of move a decent amount Ew. so yeah i didn't write down all of the places because it was just like this town in california this town in california i was like i don't know where any of this is <laughs> um so so they kept telling him that he was allowed to stay more nights then one night one of the men came back parnell he walked in and he said that he had gone to court today and that he was steven's dad now wait 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 let me wait he did not actually go to court. Well, no, duh. <laughs> but, like, they had him for a few days at this point and yeah. just kept telling him he was spending the night? Yeah. Were they hurting him? We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah, because they were, they were calling and being, like, telling him his parents didn't want him home and that his parents were angry. Mm. And so on this, like, one of the first, like, five days in, he says, I went to court, you know, because your parents were angry, and they said, I can have you. They said that I'm your dad now. And that your parents don't want you back. And just like gaslit this kid. Oh my God. Into believing that his, his parents had, had let the, the, these men that he thought were church men take him. Uh, so like 
he was he's seven he was convinced a little yeah. bit like he doesn't know what to do with this information he like you know was told to respect your elders so here's this man Ew. telling him that he owns him now and he just that's also like this it's just weird because it doesn't line up with like other kidnappings you've heard of yeah it's just like i yes would you like to donate like would your mom like to donate to the church your parents said that i could have you like what yeah and meanwhile, you know, his parents weren't angry at him. They were going, <laughs> going crazy. Yeah, I know. They're putting up flyers everywhere, sending him to the school. You know, definitely not going to court to give him up. They contacted the radio, the TV, <laughs> like local news stations. Uh, and they, they tried super hard to keep it like relevant in the news. But like yeah. they were always pushing like to make sure his name stayed out there and his picture stayed out there. And it's wait, it's day five that this guy tells him that Stephen about okay. it's it's a little unclear that's also weird usually kids who are kidnapped die within the first 48 hours yeah that's weird yeah like most kidnapping victims do not stay alive for that long mm-hmm. dude what anyway yeah so after a week of being here the man had steven calling him dad like they had fully convinced him oh my god that the, his parents gave him up and that this was his new dad and this is kenneth yeah, Parnell. Parnell. Parnell's the big guy. Is the other guy here? Are they just, like, vibing together? Are they dads? Like, what's no, going on? No, Irvin doesn't stick around for most of it. He's, like, a friend of Parnell's. Okay. And, like, involved in some of the stuff later, but, like, isn't in the house with the kid most of the, Like, he doesn't live there with them. Okay. But Parnell just pretty much has Steven living with him now. Like, literally. As his own son. Yeah. Like, it's super weird. Um, he also told Stephen his new name was Dennis Gregory Parnell. Because he couldn't have, you know, people what? telling him. He didn't want the kid to be like, he said that in court he had to change it for whatever reason. Just gaslighting this kid. But yeah, changed his name to Dennis Gregory Parnell. Whoa. Not legally, because no, he couldn't yeah. go to court and be like, I would like to change Stephen, the kid <laughs> who's missing's name. But yeah, just told the kid, like, yeah, we changed it in court. Yeah. Um. Uh. But they, um, this part was a little unclear. I had, I did look at other sources besides the, um, documentary, documentary on Hulu. But at some point within this first week or two, the men sexually assaulted Steven. Both of them? I know Parnell and I believe the other man was suspected in being involved, but he was only charged as an accomplice. Okay. Um, so, uh. Within the first week? First week or two. Week it or was two. it depended okay. on what source I saw. Something said the first night. Okay. Something said like a weekend. Something said two weeks in. So it was somewhere within these first few days. Okay. That this had started happening. And it, it happens, you know, repeatedly. It's not every day or anything, but it is something that occurs every once in a while moving forward. Okay. Um the timeline's really weird in the beginning. Yeah. Uh but I'll do my best to try to fit it in order. But yeah, so Steven does realize that something's wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. even as a little kid, he's like, there's inherent fear because he's not where he's normally. Yeah. You know, he's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know who this man who now is calling dad is. And so even though he's kind of like being gaslit and is getting manipulated and believing the guy, he's still confused and like still 
scared as any little kid would be Mm -hmm. um especially when the the assaults start happening he knows it's wrong he doesn't like know why because a kid does you don't tell a seven-year-old like about that kind of stuff but he does understand that something's off and so early on he does try to run away he gets out the house which is weird because parnell wasn't super like over him all the time Uh he was just kind of let like loose not loose like parnell was in the house but he walked out while his dad like that his dad yeah the guy he was calling dad was just like working in the backyard or something yeah and he walks out but he has no idea where he is jesus so he walks back in <gasps> he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know how to get to help is he like on like a suburban street it's not like, is this like a cul-de-sac or is this like in the woods it's unclear there's a lot of moving okay. in this time period it's not like a I guess it's more like my neighborhood. Okay. In redacted. In redacted. Um, but like not the school one. Yeah. Actual neighborhood. It's like the houses are a little bit more spread apart. Mm-hmm. Um, usually is what it seemed from the pictures. They would usually be small houses with like somewhat of a yard and it wasn't super like yet at foot between yeah. the other house. From the pictures of the houses I saw. Okay. Um so but yeah, they eventually wind up after these like initial small little getaway moves is what i called them but they they bring him to compte california which is like hours away like 260 something miles away and so he's far from where he's supposed to be at some point in this so like trying to get away he has not a single clue where he is, where to go to, how he would find the police yeah. or another adult he could trust. You know, he didn't know what to do. So just kind of stayed with yeah. Parnell. Well, at least um, at this point he knows. He, or, I mean, he doesn't know, but, like, he's not going to kill him. Yeah. He, he's, he knows he's surviving. Yeah. Um, and that's, how, like, he was just a confused seven-year-old. Like, he was never told what to do in these situations. So he's literally just going, flying yeah. under the radar just existing as this man is telling him to exist yeah uh and the the men eventually they put him in school here in Compte. oh jesus christ like have just moved uprooted his life and restarted it somewhere else for some reason it was like it's so weird that it, he's it's, not it's, if you just took the assaults out it'd be like he just wanted his own kid yeah but like yeah there is assaults in there no yeah but he really does he sticks him in school He's the Parnell is working like just like it's little jobs, just like uh, secretary stuff, like mm-hmm. just picking up whatever he can. But is like providing for this kid. And if he's not worried at all that this kid's going to say anything. Yeah. And he, the, Stephen, he's scared. You know, he goes by Dennis. He How listens. long has he had Stephen at this point? When he starts going to school, I mean. when they move to Comte, They put he, he has like sporadic schooling because there are other moves after uh, this. Okay. okay. But it's like, you know, months in. Okay, that um, was the question. I didn't know months, if it was like months years, or weeks. But it just it keeps going, and I will I'll get to the number in a bit after we okay keep going. But like, yeah, Stephen just has to live a lie, go by Dennis, you know, and he listens. You know, That's he crazy. was scared, he was confused, and he didn't know who he could tell anymore. That's you know, crazy. like he 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 was a a shy kid in school, like. Mm-hmm very quiet but people said he was really enjoyable when you got past the first bit of shyness like just mm-hmm. had to you know get him out of his shell and that he he just seemed like a 
a shy kid a regular yeah. kid nobody suspected anything was wrong yeah kenneth was a little like he seemed like a strict dad mm-hmm. but these people just thought it was like a like adopted thought he was like strict yeah just thought he was a strict dad like nobody knew anything in this area especially um teachers said he would like he seemed off but like some parents just did you mm-hmm. know you didn't agree with their parenting style or something yeah. they seemed off to you so they didn't think anything of it like steven wasn't visibly like being abused mm-hmm. and he wasn't telling on about like any of the sexual assaults that were happening so yeah. they didn't have any reason to suspect he was being assaulted and even if they even if he did if he didn't walk up to them and say i'm a kidnapping victim they wouldn't have been able to do anything yeah like they would have just had to they're a mandated reporter they would have had to tell cps but that would have taken years yeah it's so yeah he just keeps growing up through Jesus. school um he um there's something i wanted to say right there that i just remembered that's not written down but then i lost it right after i remembered it um teachers didn't see anything weird about him most some parents just seemed off oh yeah and Compte is kind of like rural okay it's not a big town very close-knit community they just kind of move into it and it's not close to any major city. Mm-hmm. So, like, they knew the news of Steven, of course, because yeah. it was all over that this kid had gone missing and had been missing for a while now mm-hmm. and is constantly being brought up and, like, talked about. But also at some point, it's sad, but, like... It tapers off. You yeah, assume he's dead. Yeah, media stops, like, sensationalizing it almost. Mm-hmm. So nobody, like, suspects anything when they move here with this kid. Yeah. Um. And a little time has passed, so he doesn't look exactly like he did in the, the like, family yeah. picture they put on the missing flyers and stuff that was on the news. So, especially because he was shy. Yeah. Nobody suspected anything. His friends noticed that he seemed poor. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't have many clothes. Uh, his shoes were usually beaten up. He wouldn't wear socks, or his socks would have holes in them. They also noticed that when they picked him up, they were never able to drive up to the house. Like, he, they had, he would, it was a long driveway, uh-huh. and he would just walk to the end of the long driveway and get in the car there. He was allowed to leave to go to friends' houses? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> like, just. This is weird. Just put into school and, like, could do act, act clubs and stuff after school. This is weird. Had friends, could go out with them, but now he's hours away. He knows he can't get home. Like, no, our yeah. Parnell thinks he won't run away because he's still living as the, like, confused seven-year-old yeah parnell never told him if you get kidnapped do this and he didn't have that information to begin with so he just keeps kind of like flying under the radar it's really weird at some point he was told like his parents didn't want him anymore that he doesn't know how much of that is true yeah like he doesn't know what to believe um but yeah his friends even knowing that they just figured he was embarrassed about Mm -hmm. like his living condition or knew his dad was strict and so no one does anything. So just keeps going to school. He eventually he joins the football team. Oh shit. Gets a girlfriend. Went to parties. He was allowed to drink and smoke. How old was this kid? He he's like seven years in at this point. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> he goes through most of schooling. He's second grade and is now in the point where he can, you know, middle school, early high school. He can play football. whoa yeah no and he can drink and smoke he he like goes out with friends like i said he he like had this freedom 
that it seems like he could have gotten away. Like he was he he was so like not under lock and key. Yeah. But he was scared. He didn't know what was real. He was confused and he didn't know who to tell. Yeah. He didn't know who he could tell. Yeah. Like Were the assault, did stuff. the assault continue as he grew up? It it seemed to like taper off as he got older. Um you know, like once he started getting to to junior high, high school age, it's it was still happening, I believe, but much less frequency frequently than when he was like super young. Uh huh. Um, uh, but like it's weird because it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. He he, there was a he was just like existing, knowing that this was just all right. Mm-hmm. That he was like. He was safe. He had friends. He was in school, and he didn't know what would happen if he spoke up about it. I wonder also, like, what, like what it felt like to get those talks in like your guidance counselor's office and stuff. It's like if a man comes up to you on the side of the road and asks you to get into his car, you run. Like, mm-hmm. and he's back there thinking, like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. Like, was Where I kidnapped? I? Like, <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of he doesn't trump. Like, he knows he was kidnapped, mm-hmm. and he knows that something's up but he still kind of has the seven-year-old mindset about it yeah something's just like he doesn't want to deal with the what ifs like what yeah. if i get in trouble what if like my parents actually didn't want me and these men were like hired to take me away yeah like he's not hurting me he doesn't want to kill me yeah you know maybe i just stay here maybe i just keep quiet maybe That's i don't so say scary. yeah and he just survives like that through school um yeah, and he he doesn't know like what's true about what Parnell was telling him. He was brainwashed pretty badly, and you know he did know that the situation was wrong. Mm-hmm. He just had no clue how to handle it. Right. Um. He. Yeah, afraid of the unknown in some sense. He could not, you know, deal with trying to change it. Yeah. Um, which I think is awful. And so, like, but meanwhile, his mom always had someone at the house in case he called you know uh-huh. like any for almost three years the house could not be left unattended mm-hmm. they always had someone by the home phone uh every little trip to the store you know like she had someone by the phone mm-hmm. um she she kept putting out stuff in the paper they eventually started putting rewards in the paper Jesus. trying to get information um and they they just tried to make sure it stayed relevant yeah maybe not always on like the front page of the newspaper but like kept updating a body yeah that they were like uh, hope was the biggest thing for her she was like there was always we always just kept trying because if we kept trying it gave us hope and it's so sad because like people start spreading these rumors Mm -hmm. and it it just makes it so much worse and they start making their way to their news because they're they have to be investigated as leads yeah so, like, one rumor starts somehow that he had been, like, his body had been found and that it was chopped into pieces. Oh, what the fuck? Because, like, another case that happened, they didn't find a body chopped into pieces, but something similar had happened somewhere else. And they're like, maybe that's what happened to Steven. Uh-huh. So they had to, like, investigate it. And news outlets start reporting on it because the name as Steven Stainer has now become, like, a, a buzzword almost. You it's know, people so want to know what happened to this kid. And another one is... uh. A man confesses to burying him. What the fuck? And they go dig up this. They want. He was like crazy, but he wanted to give the family closure and what happened to their son. He needed help, but like yeah. his he he confesses it to like 
put a rest to it for the family's sake was his thing. Okay, psycho. That's but not they, helping. They dig up where he said he buried him, and it's not true. Like, yeah. there was nobody buried there. They dug it up. They found nothing. Um, But it, it would get to the point, it was so bad in the news, some of these rumors, that they had to, like, send his siblings away to live to relatives for a little while to Aww. let it die down because they didn't want the other kids hearing that that could have even happened no, to their yeah. brother. That's so um, sad. So, yeah, they, they would, like, have to send to the grandparents or uncles and aunts and like it's just awful because people wanted to like get in the news because like they reported what? the next rumor yeah like, and it for like what yeah you know the oldest sibling was a boy named carrie uh and he had two two sisters older than him and mm-hmm. when he was kidnapped his baby sister was four you oh know God. like the kids remembered yeah steven because like even the four-year-old she knew steven before he was kidnapped and could at least remember a little bit about him and so these kids went to school and heard the other kids talk about it and if their parents had let them watch the news even though if these kids weren't watching the news they were hearing going to school they were hearing stuff and they were everyone was always talking about steven and they had to live like that so when it got bad their parents would like good take them them away give them a break fucked up yeah awful their dad was also pretty, like, not mean, but stern with them during this time. Mm-hmm. He was, like, a nervous wreck the whole time. Especially when well, Steven one was kid gone. gets kidnapped. You think it, yeah, think they, it can't happen until it happens to you. Yeah, but he was also, like, super focused and, like, obsessive. Rightfully so, on yeah, finding yeah. Steven. But um, Corey told an interviewer one time that, not Corey, Carrie, the the older, it's confusing. Corey is the youngest daughter and <laughs> Carrie is the oldest son. I hate that. Which seems like the names would be flipped, but yeah. it, Carrie's the son, Corey's the daughter. Cool. Carrie told an interviewer that I don't know if he was mean, but he wasn't the dad he was before. Oh. Um, their dad's name is Delbert. <laughs> they call him Del. Um, okay, he, first of all, fun name, even more fun nickname. Yeah. But like, so sorry. <laughs> He was rightfully, like, super emotional about what happened. Um, and it seemed like it it just emotionally burned him out. And so he was very, yeah, his like... his son was kidnapped. Again, rightfully so. Very emotionally struck by this, as he should be. Uh, his but kid was kidnapped. He was, like, they couldn't watch the news. Because any oh. mention of Steven, his dad would, like, break down. Start crying. Um, his mother, Kay, was the one who had to, like also very emotionally pulled by this but like held everything together working around their house and kept them going she said if we we just have to keep going we have to keep trying and we have to keep living because mm-hmm. we have to have hope so they yeah. she kept them from like sitting in it yeah. and kept them moving forward but yeah good Del, for her at least he was easy to upset and to anger so sometimes he would get really frustrated with the other kids and it it, it was you know like the quote he wasn't as He w- he wasn't mean, but it he wouldn't take anything, mm-hmm. you know. He wasn't he was stern with him after it. And he was very obsessive about finding Steve. He would drive around looking oh. for like freshly dug dirt in the like cause they live by Yosemite. Yeah. So he would drive through the park and like look for suspicious areas. He would follow cars that had stuff in the back of them. Oh. Um he would like if they went to the grocery store he'd always be looking around or if they went out to eat he was obviously like not all the way paying attention to the meal like just looking around the restaurant 
they would go on trips specifically just to look for Steven. He was very much like that's it's so sad. Like, I respect he, the fact that you kept looking, but also like, bro, that's kind of fucked up for he, your other kids. He was pushing the other kids aside at yeah. some point. Um and it's like I get it, but also I Yeah, and Jesus. and during this Steven is miles, hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Um and you know, his friends had no idea what happened to him. So n- no leads were even yeah. thought to be in that area. No one reported anything. Um, it's so sad. His girlfriend at the time, she later retold a story of them walking home one night, her and Steven, uh, mm. and he, had, he started tearing up as they walked home. It was like dark and they were in like a wooded area and they, uh, something's obviously wrong. So they asked like, hey, what's up? They had been drinking yeah. and just thought something had sent him off and they were all a little drunk, but they, they checked on him and he, and he said he wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, dude, we're almost there. Like, we're walking back right now. Like, don't worry. We're almost back. He said, no, I want to go to my real home. Oh, shit. And then they couldn't get anything else out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, their friend, the friends didn't know what to ask, but they yeah. also had no clue. They just thought he was drunk at some no, point. Yeah, like at some point it's like, they bro, really what do you had mean? no lead, but like looking back on it, that's terrifying. No, yeah. He, he almost called out for help right there. Yeah, poor kid. Um, Another story, his friends tried to get him to call his mom one mm-hmm. time around Christmas. They asked him, like, what presents he got over break and, mm-hmm. like, did his mom send him anything because he lived with just his dad. And he said, my mom doesn't know I exist. Oh. And they get him, they try to get him to call. They try to dare him. They're, they're like, I'll give you money if you call him or call her. And he's like, that can never happen. I can't do that. I, like, <laughs> was very serious about it. And they just, like, brushed past it. Like, oh, must be family troubles. No, he should have called his mom. Uh-huh. Bro, Google your mom's phone number. You'll find it. Well, this is, like, the 70s. But yeah, like, that too. Um, phone book. But, yeah, no, in the, the captivated audience, those friends are interviewed with. That's so scary. Like, they're, like, in hindsight, he, there was a couple things that, you know, if we had this other picture that was happening hours away, but we didn't. You know, yeah. we didn't have social media. You know, we got little updates on the news sometimes. Yeah. But it was more so in the area he went missing where it was constantly on the news like yeah. they had no reason to suspect anything from it that's crazy um so yeah parnell did start to worry though oh because steve did have good friends and the community was so tight-knit and that like you know he was he felt the more he grew up and the more closer he felt to his friends that he might say something so parnell decided they had to move <sighs> no um, and they moved to another like rural area. It was called Point Arena. I don't okay. know how far this one is, but it's still hours away from where okay. he, he was originally taken from. Uh, it's again like small community, middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also they live kind of outside of the town. Okay. The the main area. They're like hmm. They're not super far out of the town, but definitely there's no like neighbors that yeah. are right by them or anything. They live in like this one room cabin. Now. Okay. So Stephen goes from friends being on the football team in high school. Yeah. You know, isolated growing up to now he doesn't have a bedroom. That's so scary. He is in middle of nowhere, not in school, not in the clubs anymore. And yeah. just has to move with this man that it's scary. You know, he, he knows he's supposed to not be here. Yeah. But he just keeps doing what Parnell says. Um, so Parnell also is like, Steve's older. 
and he began to start talking about that he wanted another son. Oh, fuck. He would, he would like, talk to Steve, like, hey, maybe you can ride up to Kmart with me. And we can, like, get you a brother. And, like, tried to convince Stephen to help. And he said one time they drove somewhere, but Stephen, like, intentionally messed it up. Like, I, it, it wasn't specific on how, but, like, specifically made sure that no kids came by them. Or, like, oh would try to distract Parnell if something was happening. Oh, my God. This is a Criminal Minds episode. It is. There is a Criminal Minds episode based on this. It's with Evan this. Peters. Oh. I'm... No, Evan Peters is in it and plays the older boy. Oh, whoa. No, yeah, it's, it, it's, I remember it specifically because it's one of the ones Matthew Gray Goobler directs, and all of the ones he directs are super fucking weird. Yeah, no, I knew there was a Criminal Minds episode that was based off of this. He's spooky dookie. I love um, Matthew. I have a necklace that's a replica of his necklace. <laughs> Where is that necklace? Not on my neck. <laughs> I checked. You did check. No, Parnell does, like, oh, Stephen only goes a couple times, but he, he, he realizes quickly that Stephen isn't going to be an accomplice in yeah. any of the crimes. And then all of a sudden, another little boy goes missing. No. On the, on the way home from school on Valentine's Day in 1980, Timmy White is taken by Parnell. No. Uh, and he is brought to the home where Steve was, the cabin. And he, Stephen was enraged. He, he didn't want the new little boy to go through what he mm-hmm. did. Um, and was very, like, mad with Parnell, who had been, like, you know, he called Parnell dad. He, like, fought yeah. with him a little bit. Like, you can't do this. I, like, you shouldn't do this to this little boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not okay with this. And gets super aggravated. Uh, so one day while Parnell's at work, he takes the little boy. He, they, li- they leave. Good. He walks out of the house. He picks up the kid in the pouring rain <gasps> and walks to this town that's like 39 miles away. Jesus Christ. Because um, I don't think it was the town they, they were super close by. He had come from like another one nearby. Oh, he walked to Timmy's town. Yeah, they were, he was trying to bring Timmy home. He was trying to bring Timmy home. So, yeah, they, they had to get away before Par- Parnell could come back. And it was 39 miles away. And the little boy, Timmy, wanted to walk. But, like, Stephen was scared. He said, we have to go fast. He can't see us on the road. Mm-hmm. So they, they started running. He picked up the little kid and just ran in oh the rain God. and tried to hitchhike any car they saw. And eventually one of the cars stops and, and picks him up. And they take him to the town of Ukai, Okay, which is 30 mi- 39 miles down the road. Uh, and they, the guy drops him off, but they can't find Timmy's house. Timmy doesn't really know what street he lived on. Like, he's a little confused on his address. But they, they eventually walk by the police station. So Stephen's Good. like, let me just go to the police station. Um, and and Stephen, he doesn't want to go in. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, I've been missing. I don't know how to handle this. And literally just didn't know how to ask for help. So he tries to get Timmy to walk in by himself and he says tell him your name you know go in there and tell him who you are and that you're missing and timmy begins to sob because he doesn't want to go in by himself like this kid just helped him and timmy's little like like the age like seven i think he was seven or eight um but an officer sees them through the window and he walks out when timmy starts to cry and like what what's happening you know is everything okay why are y'all why are y'all here Steven's 14 at this time. He's still a little kid. Like, he looks, he's a 
prepubescent teenager. Yeah. Looks like the little kid, too. So they come out and they're like, what's wrong? Why is the little boy crying? Uh, and the Stephen tells the police, he says, this little boy is Timmy White. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the police officer is stunned and picks him up. And, and, and he tells Timmy, said, you know, we've been looking for you for a long time. And at this point, Timmy had been missing for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And Stephen had been missing for seven years. Yeah. So to hear we've been looking for you for a long time, just like hit him. So Stephen says, I know my first name is Stephen. I'm pretty sure my last name is Steiner. And if I have a middle name, I don't know it. Oh, <laughs> and the, I'm going to cry. The police officer is like, oh, my God. We've solved this case that's been happening around California for seven, seven years. years. Uh, so they, they, they get him into the police station. They, like, ask a couple more questions. And they call the, the um, police station by his parents. They don't call his parents. They call the police station up in Mer- Merced. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're like, go to his parents' house right away. Like, get them. We found Steven. Yeah, get them. Let them know what happened. And so it's like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, shit. The, it's like 3 a.m.? Yeah. Like, <laughs> by the time his parents get the call. Not oh, when okay. they get there. I was um, about to say, what's Mr. Man's job? Like- <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was working as right now. It, it said he was he was constantly switching jobs. Okay. And kind of doing whatever to get by. But, I mean, um, he probably got home from work and immediately realized the kids were gone and started yeah. freaking out. Um, And it also didn't say, like, you know, how long they were looking for Timmy's house, yeah. or like what time they got to the police station. But it was late when the, the police officer got to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like, you know, the people in Merced might not have gone straight to their house. They might have had, like, something to handle before they yeah. went, like paperwork or whatever. Jesus. So it was super late at night, uh, and the, his parents hadn't seen anything on the news. Okay. Um, so, like, they had no clue. And so they, the police get there, and the, they, they ring the bell. And his mom answers, and it's the police and said, I'm here about your son. And she thinks it's Carrie, because Carrie is on a camping trip with friends that weekend. And they're like, oh, no, did Carrie get in trouble? Um, and she says, it's not Carrie. And she collapses. She thinks something bad's happened. She thinks they found his body. They think, yeah, she thinks it's bad news. Um, and Dell walks out, and they said, what, what about Stevie? Like, what, what about him? Like, did you find him? What's wrong? And they said, nothing's wrong. We found him. He's in the station in Ukai. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know. It's so. There's the amount of emotions coming through. I'm like, oh, my God. Stephen just saved little Timmy. <laughs> he ran in the rain. Oh, like, there's still so much more. <laughs> they couldn't see him yet because of the investigation and like with Timmy and then yeah. also his investigation. And they kind of had to figure out what to do because Stephen had been missing for seven years. Yeah. So like how to handle it on the police's end, yeah. you know? So they couldn't see him right away, but they wanted to know that he was back um, and that they, they just needed to, you know, like, do interviews and get the questions out, but he'd be back as soon as possible. Right. And so they're ecstatic, of course, but they can't drive to Ukai to go see him. So yeah. they just kind of have to wait at home. Because well, they also have other children. Yeah, they, they can't, can't just, like, abandon. Yeah, no, like... but they, they, they couldn't, like, pack all the kids in the car and leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the police told him, stay here. Yeah. You know, we're going to bring him to you and bring him home. Yeah. Um, and so the first time they see Steven in seven years is on the news. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Which I didn't like, that they had to, they see they him. They televised it? Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. Because Timmy was a huge, it was all over the news, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um... 
it was it it um so when he's found even more all over the news because it's very rare when you know you find a kid that they been don't kidnapped. survive that long yeah so after especially alive he had been kept alive and so and not only that this other kid brought him back yeah so every news station ever grabbed a hold of the story right and so um it got under the news before they could even see their kid. That's crazy. Like, um, so he also couldn't talk about his case as much as he could talk about Timmy. Well, yeah, because he participated. Well, not participated, but like he he could give them like, hey, I'm 14. I remember the day that Timmy showed up to my house. Like, yeah. I remembered. Like, I know who this person is. And he, he but he, like, recalling your own seven-year-old memories is probably difficult than your ones a few weeks ago. Yeah, and that the... the there was, um, it was, because they were working on Timmy's, like, case. Mm-hmm. It was getting closed away for, for, but for whatever reason, he couldn't talk about his own experience, but could talk about helping Timmy, uh-huh. which I also thought was weird, that they, like, he had to avoid any quest. They also had to figure out how to handle his. No, yeah. Because that's unheard of. Yeah. He was so, he, you don't find a seven-year-old kidnapping victim. Yeah, he... It was unheard. They didn't know how. So they literally, they told him, like, we have to figure out how to handle this legally. Yeah. So don't put any information out there. Um. So, yeah, they, he is able to talk about Timmy's, though. And it's so cute in the interview. <laughs> they asked Timmy if him and Steve are good friends now. And he starts smiling and giggling and goes, yeah, <laughs> I love Steven. <laughs> and it's so cute. I'm going to cry. <laughs> His parents were also interviewed before he got back. And it's mm-hmm. because they had tried so hard to get him in the news. Everyone knew their family name. Yeah. So when they found him, uh, they they got him onto the news first. And they admitted that they were nervous. They had to meet their son again. Yeah. You know, it had been seven years and he had experienced something. Half of his life. Crazy. Unheard of. And so they were like, we have to, you start from square one again. And that's nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, But despite all the nerves, they... they the second they saw each other, it was like a run and hug. It's a, it's, there's footage of it. That's so And sad. it's so, like, hundreds of people were on their street and hundreds of, like, media news stations were there. So there's countless angles of, like, this footage of them all, like, getting back together. It's cry. very cute. I'm gonna um, cry. His younger sister was four when he was taken. She was 11 now. That's crazy. There were hundreds of people there uh, when he returned, but when he walked inside, he turned and said, please, I want to be along with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was also, it wasn't talked about much in the documentary. He had a, Parnell had gotten him a dog at some point. He didn't like buy the dog for him. A, a relative of Parnell who kind of didn't realize what was going on mm-hmm. had like maybe passed away or gotten sick, but for some reason passed the dog to mm-hmm. him. And he let Steven, like, it was Steven's dog. Mm-hmm. So Steven left with it when he, when the, the... Steven took the dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steven took a dog and a child and he hitchhiked to a police station 39 miles away in the rain. Also, at some point in here, Parnell was caught before, like, like, right, because he said we're in the cabin outside of here, knew the address of where he Fuck lived. yeah, So he, he let them, not let them, but told him right where to go to get Parnell. Fuck so yeah, So Parnell's Steven. arrested, like, within a few days. So the dog also might have been delivered at some Fuck point. Fuck yeah, Steven. Um, but he does, like, in the scene where he's hugging everyone, he has a dog in one hand, and he's <laughs> hugging his family, and it's really cool, because there's Fuck a thousand yeah, different Steven. videos. But yeah, 
the family was hounded by media though it's really oh, upsetting yeah. it was uh constantly people were trying to ask questions and take pictures they would take pictures in the windows that's fucked up um and yeah it was like bugging the family and they they didn't really know how to handle it because they just his mom was talking about, like they just wanted to know the world like tell the world he was safe they finally yeah. got their kid back and like they wanted to give other families going through similar situations hope that because mm-hmm. Timmy and Steven made it back. They're like, look, you know, you True. know, yeah, like use this as an example. Teach your kids like, you know, what I don't know, but wanted to show the world kind yeah. of. And it was it kind of bit them in the butt because everyone took that as an invitation to be in their business. Fuck off. Um, so officers also had to stand by him and tell him what he could and couldn't answer. Because of all the, like, trying to figure out Legalities. legally how to handle his case, he there was stuff he couldn't say to the public yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police also were struggling with Parnell because of the motive. The two yeah, like, returned why? for the most part unharmed visually, and Stephen didn't tell them about the sexual assaults. Mm. So they looked like they were in perfect condition was timmy assaulted not yet not yet that was the question steven wanted to get him out of there before it started um so they didn't they had no they were like why did this guy take these kids um if like they're they're alive he didn't do anything to them like he took care of them he started paying for them to go to school and providing for them Mm -hmm. like it just seemed like he wanted us he wanted kids yeah which is super weird. No, yeah. And so they didn't know what to do for like a motive to bring to him, bring him to court. Uh, they they just thought he, I, like it's super weird to take kids and then take care of them. No, yeah. Like, but like, have you seen all those videos of people on Tik or not videos of people on TikTok? I've seen like two where people go through Ancestry dot com and then realize they're kidnapping victims. I've seen two cases of that happening. I think I saw one. And then, like, one person, like, went through their family photos and realized they were a kidnapping victim and all this stuff, like, but they had been raised by these people who were their parents. Yo. Like, kidnapped as children. Like, don't remember their other family at all. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Some people will do anything to have a child. Yeah, no, they, you can't have one for whatever reason, and so you just get your own. Jesus. By taking someone else's. Yeah. Wild. We'll circle back to like motive and stuff. And yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. But it was it was another hard part of it, which kind of adjust to being home. Oh no, yeah. Dell couldn't shake the idea of him being a little kid. Oh. Like when he left, uh, and it it was hard. There was a disconnect because also like how do you talk to your parents about like oh yeah when I was on the football team. Yeah, there was a hard to like there he he genuinely enjoyed some parts of his life away, and yeah. it's hard to be like it's a hard pill to swallow to know that someone else raised your child. Yeah, and it was also he was fourteen, but he was mentally older than fourteen. Mm-hmm. He had seen stuff that most people don't see ever in yeah. their life, and there was hard, like he looks like a little kid still, but like was handling some big world concepts. Yeah, and his dad still saw him as a seven year old. On top of that, so yeah. like it was there was a really hard disconnect at the beginning, but. Mm-hmm also talk about it later the movie is eventually made yeah. about this and they play it up a lot more than what it was like mm-hmm. steven talked about that <laughs> he thought the movie was funny because they dramatized that part so much but there was genuinely like that's hard you have to re-meet yeah. your entire family and everything you know about them has changed yeah um just because of time uh, he did he started going to high school and um uh, he the the media was annoying here too they just kept trying to like get into the school and schools were less 
like security driven back Yo, then. Yo, fuck off. So people would just walk into his class and start asking him questions. Yo, which fuck is so off. annoying. The other kids at school were like jealous or annoyed. So some people like would poke fun at him for Bro, he was kidnapped for seven years. Shut up, slam your head into a car door. Oh yeah. Imagine making fun of someone who was kidnapped. Slam (laughs) your head into a car door. Like genuinely, and I mean that. Um, he he had issues because he was in and out of school so much too. So he was like he was struggling to keep up in class for a little bit, but he started going to tutoring Mm. and like found help. He also like made some friends pretty quick. Because he did have, like, experience yeah. in school. and He wasn't completely socially inept. Yeah, which it was cool to see that he was able to kind of, like, figure his way out in school pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he really enjoyed shop class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, had wood, he had wood shop class. Okay, Stephen. Because, I mean, the academic stuff, he, he, no, yeah. he had so many gaps with. Did he oh, join the football team again? He did. Bless. <laughs> he was trying out for baseball. Oh. Like, he was, he was having a fun time in school. Like, it. Um, I wonder if he ever, like, decided to call any of his old friends. Like, yeah. I wonder if he ever reached out and been like, hey, old girlfriend, my name is not Dennis, and please never Sorry. call me that again. <laughs> like, yeah, they had to, like, they said, they found out on the news. <gasps> they found out that Dennis was, Purnell yeah. was Steven Stainer, and it finally all made sense. That's crazy. And they found out over the radio. That's that crazy. His group of friends, which is terrifying to be like, oh, my God. That's what he meant when he said he wanted to go home. Oh, my God. He was kidnapped for seven years and then left. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Like, that's, like, earth-shattering. No, yeah. Uh, Okay. But, yeah, no, Kay and most people wanted him to go to therapy. Good. But Del dad kind of had old-school views Shut the fuck up, Del. Oh, my God. Against it. So he, he... fought against him talking to professionals so he didn't uh but he also like felt he didn't need to because he had to tell the story so many times like he was already talking about it uh another strange thing that he had to overcome was understanding like you said he did enjoy some of his life while away he had friends he went to school he played sports he also got freedoms like drink drinking and smoking pot and um and he wasn't allowed to do that smoking cigarettes and driving the car they they were a little bit more lenient with him than with the other kids because he had already been doing it mm-hmm. but they did butt heads over a while they 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 called him a little rebel you know like <laughs> he's 14 like he yeah <laughs> to think of him like he wasn't getting like plastered every night or anything but mm-hmm. definitely drinking more than a 14 year old normally would but yeah. they were like you know what are you gonna this kid was kidnapped for seven years let him smoke pot (laughs) (laughs) it might help him a little no literally um he crashed a car one time steven (laughs) but he would like was happy was the thing they were saying like he they butt heads a little but like any teenager yeah he was a little boy but he came back and they were they were almost thankful not almost they were thankful that he got to enjoy growing up yeah and even though they couldn't raise him that at least he wasn't in a situation where he was kept away from like yeah. having friends and going out and like yeah he came back smoking and drinking a lot but at least he was able to like go out and do that with friends yeah and it wasn't he wasn't doing it alone in a room every day yeah um so the movie again plays that that like tension a little bit more because mm-hmm. it's hollywood they dramatize it but they they just called him a rebellious little kid yeah which i thought was so funny that they were like oh that's just steven being rebellious <laughs> he wasn't kidnapped for seven years <laughs> don't mind that uh his siblings they weren't kind of like they weren't jealous like angry but they steven was getting a lot of attention at yeah. the time 
Uh, and so, like, it kind of, like, this is coming from Corey, the youngest daughter. She said that at the time, Carrie struggled with it the most okay. because he was, he was already the oldest kid. So all the younger siblings were already getting more of the attention before mm-hmm. Steven left. And when Steven left, got kidnapped. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, he, after Steven is taken, like, you know, Carrie kind of just, de- he has to defend, fend for himself a lot of the mm-hmm. times. He is, oh, I forgot how old he was when he was taken. He, he's like, wait, I know it. He's like three years older. Are not four years older. So he's like 11 when Steven's taken? Yeah, 11. And 18 when Steven's found? 17 or 18. Um, But yeah, it was like kind of just, he kind of had to, to, he was the oldest kid. And you know, there's always the old, oldest kid syndrome. Mm-hmm. Well, if you kind of, you grow up a lot faster because yeah. your younger siblings kind of get the attention. And that was even more so here. And so that, the, Carrie was really like, he, he, he felt that Steven deserved the attention, but that the media constantly being by them was yeah. way too much. And that he deserved, like, the rewards and stuff he got. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was also, like, anyone would have done it if they had any, like, morals to them. Yeah. You know, and was just trying to be like, okay, now, he got rewarded, let it die. Yeah. And just wanted wanted it to go away. Um, And his old teenage years was kind of like, you know, he... So much of his whole family's focus was on that. And he a lot of times just had to play the older brother yeah. that was t- also helping take care of the younger siblings. Jesus. And uh, so that was really hard on the, the siblings. But he, of course, missed them. And, like, he, he felt like the cameras and the constant attention was so much. But, like, most of them felt like that because no, they yeah. were being hounded by the media. Um, uh, so he was, like, jealous probably the most out of the siblings. But he was happy to have his brother back uh his mom said that if she could do anything different she would have shown the world that he was safe at home and then disappeared off the face of the earth yeah so they could have a little bit of more like normalcy Mm -hmm. right away like they they were able to kind of settle down really well because you know like you said steven wasn't socially so socially isolated but going from like this quiet, shy kid having to live under the radar to be on every news station ever. No, yeah, was hard. Overwhelming. For all of them, yeah. So that was their, their like, the media was awful. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. They were like, media knows no boundaries. No, though. it was like paparazzi. They no, literally yeah. can't. They don't know when to back away. Like when the Joseph Fritzel case, they literally had to get bodyguards to keep them away from. Because like that's just no. Yeah, they had to have police with them sometimes, not only to tell people like he can't answer that to like tell people to go away no, which dude, is just, just so much off uh, then came the trial of both parnell and murphy okay so that i was wondering where the other dude went this whole time he was kind of on and off he did help with like timmy and like getting timmy kidnapped oh he helped with timmy too? yeah i forgot to mention that that he was kind of always an accomplice but just like not like, as did steven was Stephen familiar with this man as he grew up? Like, it was, was like in f- and out of his life. A family friend, yeah, is what he was raised as. Irvin being there, from what I understood, he wasn't there very like regularly. But they like, I don't know. It's a weird dynamic That's... because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, so like, they they, yeah, they were able to catch them. Like I said, pretty 
quickly pretty quickly because Stephen was like he's at this cabin he here's the address <laughs> they they um and at this point you know Stephen had told the police and the media that he they had never touched them mm. they were he was lying he didn't want to talk about it he didn't yeah. know how to talk about it and he so he just didn't um so it seemed that the motive was still that this crazy man just he wanted sons and this was his only way of getting it for whatever reason um he he denied the like to the police that he had been assaulted but when they searched the cabin they eventually find polaroids <gasps> of steven from when he was little no uh like undressed and stuff and there was worse pictures than that but what the fuck so the police called him down to the station and said we found these what is this and he kind of he admitted to it like yeah he didn't know how but he said yeah i i just didn't want to talk about it like i didn't yeah. know how i was a little kid i like i don't know what to do with that yeah and so they understood but it's also like uh-oh this elevates this to yeah. way worse this is now they yeah now he the charges were added that yeah was like child pornography and touching a child and sexually assaulting a child and stuff like that so the motive has changed to you know he molested a child alongside the abduction and that ups the ante of the case a little bit more and again yeah. media is going crazy and they want to ask him all these questions that he just doesn't want to talk about Dude, it fuck off uh, he gets asked he has to you know testify against them now and he is very much against going on the, the stand as a 14 year old like he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. he wants to he wants to forget it ever happened so to have to sit in front of a room full of people to tell him what happened yeah is his worst nightmare but he he does go on the stand and they ask him if he was sexually assaulted and he just he very quietly after a pause says yeah and that's all he says about it mm-hmm. on the stand um uh and this gets so aggravating <laughs> i'm gonna warn you now there were issues because there was limitations like statutes of limitations no. on his case and timmy's case timmy's trial happens first okay with parnell so in timmy's case after uh they, they everyone testifies they were kind of run alongside each other so he testifies once mm-hmm. um and it's used for both cases okay um so in timmy's case parnell is sentenced to seven years cool um for T- timmy was gone for couple weeks so he gets seven years which is the maximum sentencing for the kidnapping Mm -hmm. um and then he goes to trial for what he did to steven but because of like statues of limitations and because he was already serving the max sentence at the time for kidnapping he gets 20 months for what he did to steven oh what the fuck like yeah so in total he he served or he gets sentenced to like almost eight years. That's bullshit for kidnapping these kids and doing what he did. Um, and he gets out in five. He's he, out. He doesn't stay in jail for as long as he had Stephen captive. He had Stephen for seven years. He's only in jail for five. What the fuck? This case actually gets a lot of these rules changed because there was some sort of limitation statute out there at the time and the judge even said because of current statutes i can't give him another seven years but the judge wanted to like the judge was like i wanted to give him two maximums but they end after this case they increased the maximum time they can put someone in there for abducting you know at this time it wasn't treated as like 
like murder or something no, yeah. you know seven years was the maximum because well, could... most of the time when you abduct someone you murder them and yeah. then you get tried for murder not yeah. just abduction so to to see this case be like this big where he just wanted the kids and he was crazy and like was also assaulting them and planned yeah. to assault timmy but like the the way it was set up they couldn't charge him like that so he's in jail for five years. That's bullshit. Um, I really hope he got the shit beat out of him Ir- in prison. Irvin was in for two. I really hope they both got the shit beat out of them in prison. No one, no, dude, no. I really hope they were like child molester, dead. Mm-hmm. School rat like, poison. He didn't die. We'll we'll circle back to Parnell. Rat poison. School was also much harder after the trial because everyone now knew everything that had happened so it, it heightened yeah a lot of the awkwardness and there was also some kids i'm so mad about this they ruthlessly made fun of them some of them oh my god kill yourself because he had what been molested fuck? as a child what the why what the that's so kids are so hell? awful sometimes um that's just that's not funny yeah and it uh, and these are teenagers these uh, aren't kids these a are lot teenagers. of people point out that they're jealous of the attention but like Nobody. At I don't what cost. I don't want attention if I have to be no. kidnapped for seven years. You know, like I don't know. T- teenagers can be so dumb. Uh, uh, that's and, crazy. Like I said, you know, with all the stress of this, his his parents were kind of lenient on the substance use. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it it led to some bumping of heads, but it it like never turned into anything. But like right after the trial, especially, he just like wanted to smoke and drink and be done with everything yeah um so that leads to to it's bumps to the road to recovery but he does like get through it and mm-hmm. he eventually like you know hits it off with friends and stuff calms down at school a little bit more and he he starts meeting girls and like going on dates and it, it like normalcy comes yeah. back pretty quick after um and he was just like inherently a trustworthy guy yeah kid <laughs> um and so it, it that really helped him like get through it a lot quicker and he eventually hits it off with this girl named Jody. Okay. Uh and they become really good friends and they start dating right away. They Cute. um and so he just kind of they keep growing up after like mm-hmm. the the family they they reach normalcy um and years go by. Like they that that stuff is quiet for a little while. You know, he just gets to go through high school get a job after he works at a butcher shop after um and he and jody eventually like get married pretty young i think i believe he was 19 Mm -hmm. and she was like maybe a couple years younger Mm -hmm. 18 17 so they're they're married young but steven was like i grew up so fast and i just i want my own family i want normalcy and i want to move on with my life you know like i i want to live a happy life and so i'm gonna you know do what makes me happy um they had two kids uh that he was a great dad oh everyone says he was a great dad he wanted norm calm happy normal calm happy in life i said norm (laughs) um and he was training to become a police officer uh him and jody were very much in love the both great parents um then jp miller who wrote helter skelter okay (laughs) came around to start documenting the story okay he wanted to turn into some a movie for tv okay this movie would later become like a three-part mini series that's also in movie form 
Um, and it's called I Know My First Name is Steven, which okay. is the quote he told the police officer and is written in the um, police. What, the, what I filled one out. A statement. Mm-hmm. The, the statement. Um, uh, his mom was against the movie because it would mean more cameras yeah. and stuff, but he was excited about it, especially the money-making part. He had a family to provide for, yeah. and and he felt like, you know... If the if this the world terrible he, experience can give him some, like, comfort Yeah, and he's like, the world already knows the story, and it won't be, like, people in our business again. We'll just, like, you know, we'll go on set, and we'll tell them, like, about our experience. It'll be more interviews and less, like, hounded by the, yeah. the media and... Less peeping toms in the window. Yeah. I also, I forgot to mention, I forgot to write it down, but the media was also like super mean when the the public started to get wind of that there might have been like sexual assault involved and they like were constantly asking questions and demanding answers and were like hounding him even more trying to get him to answer even though the police told him not to say anything yet yeah and he didn't want to talk to anyone about it besides the police and like when he had to say it on stand and so like screw the media on this no yeah they they were they like, don't know boundaries no and they were mean to his parents like why don't you make him talk about this like we want to know and they're like he doesn't he told the police he doesn't have to tell you guys no fuck like off. listen You'll to find th- out in the trial yeah. yeah it was so dumb but anyway that was at the trial years have passed since then um and so they start filming for the uh series you mm-hmm. know that the family gets to go on scene they get to meet the actors that are playing them and like they have you know they're very much involved in like getting the story told the writers also like brilliantly involved and like serious about the work mm-hmm. he he wants to like he interviewed everyone so many times and just like really wanted to pull everyone's side of it together yeah and uh it like the movie has different ideas of it or the the i don't know how to say the sentence i want to say but mm-hmm. everyone in the family kind of felt different about the yeah. movie his mom watched it once and she said it was she was like it's just all right she didn't like that they dramatized the the budding heads of the family yeah the tension she, yeah um dad hated it <laughs> dad seems to hate everything <laughs> he he felt he also felt like they really upped that and that they they made him into more of like an angry dad instead mm-hmm. of just like a un- unnerved dad, yeah. and um, so they both didn't really enjoy the movie. Dad more so than mom. Um, he uh, Stephen though felt like the movie was really it, he he used the movie as kind of like therapy. Aww. He since he never went, but he was able. You know, he told the actors his story mm-hmm. and got to hear like. A relative tell the people playing them their part of the story and got to like move through it yeah through the movie so it really helped steven in that sense and he he enjoyed that part of it and he also had a ton of fun yeah he got to play he was training to be a police officer mm-hmm. and they let him play a police a officer in the movie that's so, so fun. steven stainer is in the movie about himself that's sick he's a cop that's in one of the sick. scenes um which i thought was crazy no that's like sick. he's just in the movie it's like how stephen king definitely plays a bookstore clerk in it yeah like <laughs> like our stanley's just in every oh, movie no, yeah. ever uh so yeah steven got to cameo in his own movie that's about sick. his life um 
the movie does like really well um, it's like one of the most viewed movies ever at this point mm-hmm. like television yeah televised movies it wasn't in movie theaters but it is like a hit instantly uh it starts getting nominated for prizes it mm-hmm. wins some i believe like billions of like it it brings in lots of money it, yeah. it um it's just like people really like the story uh because it's a scary one but it like has this kind of happy ending even though there's some struggles getting back to normalcy he gets home sadly the night before the emmys where the movie wins a prize steven dies what in a motorcycle accident what (laughs) all this and he dies in a motorcycle accident yeah a guy who ran a stop sign and then ran like it was a hit and run oh my Uh, fucking god steven was coming home from work and he died at the scene i still have more to tell you (laughs) <laughs> there's still a whole other thing i'm starting to get two hours uh no it's okay. this was Mine just was so really short this this movie this wrote me crazy his sister was on her way to work and saw the like police at the crash and like saw someone on the ground in a motorcycle like crashed she didn't know it was steven she kept driving to work and later found out that she died like she drove past her dead brother like saw That's the wreckage so and later had to find out that that was steven i would have cried uh hundreds of people came to the funeral people were interviewed at the funeral the media definitely wasn't as hounding as they were Did here timmy come where yeah. the fuck's timmy i'm gonna t- i'm about to tell you uh uh the media was bugging but a little less and timmy got to be a pallbearer oh. at the funeral um things for the family do not slow down I'm going to jump into another story and tie it back in. Okay. Right after Stephen's death, like very soon after, there is another kidnapping in the area. I'm going to kill myself. I'm, I knew it. I was waiting. I was like, this whole time, I was like, this is too happy. Where's the part where Emily tells me another little boy goes missing? Like <laughs> This time, it is not a little boy. It is a mother, a daughter, what? and a family friend. Same age as the daughter, though. It's like a friend of the daughter's um so three people and they're missing in yosemite national park this is in 1999 so it's a mom and two little girls it's her yeah a mom her daughter and her daughter's friend who is also a little girl they're teenagers teenagers um they had been uh staying in cedar lodge which is at the edge of yosemite okay yosemite 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 uh the case was all over the country news it was a big thing everyone goes to yosemite all the time yeah like it's a huge vacationing spot so a death three three missing people they thought they were dead in the um park it it goes everywhere people are going crazy over this they call them the yosemite like kidnap it they they, like it's it's referred to with yosemite in the title like it's a big thing because it's in the park and the cops eventually find a car in the woods and the car had obviously been lit on fire it was burnt to a crisp and they opened the trunk, and there were two burned bodies. Two? Two? Yeah. And they identify it is two of the people. I believe it is the mother and daughter. I'm so the friend is missing. Sure. Yes. Okay. The FBI then receives a letter that says, we had fun with this one, on the note. Like, what? And then also on the back is a map. And they follow this map, and it leads to the third body. So they know it's from the person who did it. Bullshit. So the Was cops, the third body still in the park? 
Yeah, the car okay. was in the park. Uh, and so was the other body. Okay. Um, the the cops start rounding up fugitives in the area, like people on parole, and they're like, they're like that. They have no leads, so they're like that. That has to be. There must have just been someone like aggressive in the area. This must have just been like a random crime. Like let's round these people up, and like then everyone's safe because they really had no idea what to do. Uh, but also like that's kind of dumb. No, yeah. You had no leads on these people, so you couldn't hold them that long anyway. Um. So, like, they think they have anyone who could have been responsible, which is just, like, wishful thinking. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, but anyway, they didn't get it. They didn't get the person because a 20-year-old 20 woman named Joey Armstrong was killed. Her body was found decapitated in a stream. Emily. Is this a com- what is going on? I will tie it back. Is this a different case? I will tie What's it back. Going on? I will tie it back. I promise. <laughs> one- Completely different MO. Yes. Uh one thing people like at the park remember seeing like they 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 kind of piece together because both of these people were kind of in the same area in Yosemite mm-hmm. or the crimes happened and it was near Cedar Lodge but only the first three had been staying there. Yeah. But they remember seeing a car keeps nope. popping up in witness reports. They're like, oh, I was at Yosemite this day. I found or I saw this light blue international driving around. It's a type of car in the park. Okay. Uh, and like they were driving. It's given slow. very much like I saw a yellow Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. It's given very much that. And people also remember seeing that car at the cedar lodge all the time mm-hmm. so people are like you know that i just it's something i remember like it's just something that keeps popping up in witness reports that they start to pay a little bit more attention to especially after someone says i know that car it belongs to carrie stainer <laughs> you're fucking kidding you're no 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 uh, I'm, goodbye. They also knew that he worked as a handyman what? at the Cedar Lodge. What? <laughs> what? So, people start suspecting something's up with Carrie. Uh, no. Because uh. he spends a lot of time in the park. <laughs> you good? What the fuck? <laughs> Come on, I got the rest to tell you. no uh let's end it there so they they bring carrie in pretty fast emily and you want to know what carrie does what in custody confess confesses to everything oh my fucking god (laughs) oh my fucking god uh he like brings him on a tour he he like shows them like where he killed people how he killed he explains everything he also admit that that he assaulted the two teenage girls before he killed them oh what the fuck so he's giving them information they didn't even have yet so they bring him in they're like okay well we got him why is he just telling us this though like why is he why is he just complying with everything so a reporter who's big in i forgot to write down his name for some reason but big into like true crime and is also like reports on it a lot he's one of the people that interviews people Mm -hmm. like during these kinds of things or like we'll interview people after they're put in prison and kind of stuff he's one of those reporters um and so he drives straight away to wherever they bring carrie uh and he carrie doesn't have an attorney yet so he's like can i get in there for an interview and see if he'll tell me anything and they're like yeah sure um so they set up an interview for him and he doesn't carrie doesn't have an attorney so he's not being told to not say anything he tells him everything um 
Under one condition, though. He asked the guy to promise to make a hit movie out of it. You're fuck. Oh, my. You're fucking kidding. Oh, my God. I did not expect. I expected it to be like, and another little boy was kidnapped and this guy finally got put to death. Eh. What? No. What? 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 So what? he makes what? a full confession to the man. Uh, On the condition that he gets a fucking movie. Like yeah, the guy's like, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and then doesn't. Good. Um, <laughs> he also said that he would have kept killing if he wasn't caught. That the only thing to, to stop him would have been him being killed himself or if the police had found him like they did. Yeah. Uh, so he's confessed Imagine at this point. Imagine being those parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. Imagine. The quote what? is also like, how many, how many. How much stuff can one family go through? No, yeah. How much stuff can happen in one lifetime? What's one I'm waiting? Family? Where's what's happened to the daughters? Like, where's they going? What's gonna happen to them? Like, <laughs> what what did they turn into? Um. So yeah, this like, it's awful because it really taints the story of Stephen. Yeah. Every news article about Carrie starts, you know, something else. You, if you remember the Stainer family, what this happened with Stephen? Well, now this is happening. Um, they're using it to kind of like you know jog everyone's remember remember memory memory oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) um but it's also like i don't know it it, i have a pit in my stomach yeah it just it it connects the two like a good thing to a bad thing yeah you know and it it kind of but it, it pulls the attention towards carrie kind of thing that's so which he couldn't get attention growing up that's so Um, gross he didn't he didn't want to play the uh, like other brother no is what a lot of people felt but then some people started looking further into it uh like he really didn't want attention like that's what a lot of people started off believing that he just wanted all the attention so he had to do something big there's also it's really upsetting he like knew he needed help Mm -hmm. and he Everyone in the family knew he needed help, but because Stephen was missing, he was the top priority, so Carrie never got the mental help he needed. His dad was also against it. Exactly. His, his struggles were kind of pushed to the side, and it's super upsetting in the, like, interviews and stuff, because the sister gets upset. She's like, we knew that uh, Carrie was always off. Yeah. Like, he mentally, he needed help, but we just never put any energy into it, because yeah. we were always worried about Stephen. And so... I'm I'm glad that it was I forgot to write his name down too, but the the mitigation expert trying mm-hmm. to get him life instead of the death sentence. Mm-hmm. He um his whole thing was he he got professionals in and six different professionals came in and um interviewed with Carrie and said like he has severe mental issues yeah. that were left untreated and only worsened by like the stuff he went through. Yeah. Because like his brother went missing, but that, that messed with his whole life, you yeah. know. He didn't go missing, but it changed every aspect of his life. Yeah. And was never able to get the help he needed with it. So it is, you know, it wasn't all for, like, attention or anything. Yeah. He was a kid with a genuine problem, and because of the everything else going on, he couldn't get help. Yeah. Um. Jesus. But he does get put to the death penalty. What? I don't think he's been put to death, though. I, I believe there might have been appeals. I could not find, like, exactly what had happened mm-hmm. that the the uh document the the series uh-huh. a little like documentation series 
it didn't say exactly. So I think it's still like there's some legal issues going on with it still because um, he was sentenced in like 2004. Like it's still being dealt with and appeals. And when you're put to death, it's not, you know, some people are on death row for 20 years. Yeah. So he has not been put to death, but I do believe he was sentenced to the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the stories are connected forever, which is really it like sucks yeah and so like an example of it is there was a park that came about in the town of merced and the town wanted to name it after stephen stainer but they couldn't because stainer also meant carrie stainer and so they named the park something else that's crazy years later they did put a statue in the park of uh the statue is of young stephen and young timmy together and there's a plaque to to honor them yeah so although they couldn't get the name because of carrie they did get um the statue but it, it's stuff like that you know every time you hear stainer now you think of the two brothers yeah. instead of the brother who saved the little kid yeah um which is just it Sad. like yeah it, it's fuck carrie <laughs> why'd you do all that bro yeah he he goes off the rails um so yeah it, it there was he was convicted of first degree murder, though. So, like, it, you, you can't erase that yeah. just as much as you can't erase what happened to Steven. And so, it is like, it's just weird that, like, yeah. next to each other, it happened in one family. Um, but yeah, that, that's them. I'm gonna circle back to Parnell. Please. Just so, tell me he got brutally murdered. At 72, in 2004, he tried to purchase a child from a caretaker. He was what? in, like, a, a senior home. Uh, and he le- he received life in prison this time, <laughs> and he died in two thousand eight, which is only four more years. But still, he was sentenced. At to least it, he at got least. To, at least he got um, prison. Timmy later became a deputy. He had a wife and two kids. <laughs> at least Timmy was okay, bro. Um, but yeah, that is the Stainer brothers. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, show me the picture of Adam. Oh yeah, it looks just like little Adam, and he 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 did not send me a picture. Is it Timmy or Steven that looks Steven. like little Adam? It's little Steven. You can yeah, you can pull up a picture of Steven. I get I don't know if I can put a picture of little Adam in the chat, but his mom just sent me. I gotta I gotta get him to send me one like a better picture than this. But um, that's Steven when he gets back, and Timmy. Um, why does Timmy look like a squirrel? <laughs> like, <laughs> look at him on the back. Um, that's the whole family. So that's Carrie. That's Steven. Why does Carrie now. look like Ted Bundy? Because he, he's a serial killer. No, but like, <laughs> what the? You do you see what I mean? Hold on. Yeah. This. <laughs> no, he looks just like. creepily that's like creepily similar um whoa but yeah that's the reunion that's the actual picture oh it disappeared um well there's little steven um steven getting married steven and timmy steven in one of the interviews um the shack having is that timothy is that timmy yeah older um, this is a statue? Yeah, of Steven. They didn't have to, I'm surprised they don't give the actors so, of the movie. 
Um, Who's Barbara? Carrie. Um, I, she was like involved on Parnell's side. Mm-hmm. Like, was had known Stephen while he was Dennis, oh. and like didn't know he was kidnapped, and found out later she was one of those people. Um, but yeah, okay. I can I have it. Doesn't I can't show you until I get like the the picture from Adam. But like this is one Adam's way older. Yeah, but like it's kind of yeah. It's already close. You can see it. Adam's like. 12 in this picture and steven's seven but like there i've seen pictures of adam when he was little and it like is really awkwardly close as soon as i saw it i was like what what is, is happening guy? yeah parnell whoa this is creepy is this parnell why bro you're so old Bro, what the fuck? I want to know what the fuck is going on with Parnell. <laughs> like, why, bro? Two brothers, five graves. That was a fucked up sentence. There's the movie. That's who, what they look like. Steven and Timmy in the movie. Yeah, there's the real dog. That's his kids. Oh, damn. Ashley and Steven Jr. <laughs> Ashley was like four when Steven died, and Steven Jr. was a little bit younger. Aww. I believe like a year younger. Um, So Ashley remembers their dad, but Steven Jr. not so much. Um, Does that say... 1965 to 1959. Oh, 89. 89. Yeah. I was like, that's not how time works. <laughs> Damn. Carrie being handcuffed. That's so... He looks pathetic. Parnell, just to clarify for the podcast who can't see what I'm looking at. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. a very ugly old man. Just to clarify, and I'm allowed to say that because he was literally a kidnapper. But isn't that wild? No, yeah. Everything about this is insane. I highly recommend the the, the three-part thing on Hulu. The interviews with the family are so interesting. Yeah. And, like, that's the point of that that documentary specifically, mm-hmm. is they were trying to get the his story, or the boy's story, has been told so many times. Um... But to hear, like, the family's perspective come out a little bit more. Also, his his oldest brother, Carrie. What? Uh, yeah, she was, like, a, a nurse, to, like, a live-in caretaker, but just didn't realize. Mm. But she wasn't around for that. that. I, there's so much stuff to cover. No, yeah. Oh, there was also, I didn't write it down because I could not. They never, like, went to court about this, but there are allegations that Dell, like, did something to his daughters, <gasps> Stephen's sister. No. That um, he, there was allegations of, from a psychiatrist, not, like, in court or anything, okay. that he had gone to therapy for, like, 
uh molesting the girls i there was no court trial though i can't find if that's true or not yeah um their dad has since passed his mom is still alive Uh um but there were like in some of the sources they were talking about that like there were like that was out there you know Mm -hmm. there was it never got taken to court and never got proven but there was he was suspected in doing something so there was also that side that dell might have been a lot worse than like some of the stuff made him out to be which is just so sad um damn and yeah i just like also the the um the thing on hulu is really interesting because ashley talks about like growing up mm-hmm. no like she, she just knew her dad had died and then yeah. around eight a cousin told her you know your dad has a movie right and they watched the movie and like realized what had happened to her dad that's insane but also had to realize like that was that kid on the screen is your dad and it's also so sweet she talks about like every time she sees the actor in an interview now she like associates that as her dad you know because she he plays the dad in the movie um she's like i was gonna give him a hug (laughs) in the interviews um but yeah it's super interesting there's just so many moving parts yeah, and to like, be to be brothers that that like the uh it's wild. No, yeah. 38 miles away. I mean, him. He's so cute. Is that him on the stand? Yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> Wait. He looks so normal. That's belly fat. <laughs> what are the ads on here? The other ones. Ew. Spices. Okay, I don't want to see this gross stuff. <laughs> I, w- I clicked this article because I thought there'd be more pictures. I want... Where's the other guy? Oh, Irvin Murphy. Yeah. I guess you could look up his name. Pictures yeah, I just didn't want to type. Oh, what happened to Irvin Murphy? Convicted. Conspiracy to kidnap. Where there's a picture of both of them that just like hasn't popped up. Is this a real picture? Yeah, that's actually Stephen and yeah. He like they were raised calling that's crazy. dad. You know, like they just took pictures. There's so many pictures of Stephen. Like, even when he was little, just because that's also a yearbook photo. And next to it, it says, you know, Dennis in it. <gasps> because he's in school as Dennis now. That's yucky. Oh, there was also a super interesting in the one of the interviews with the, the, the younger sister, Corey. Mm-hmm. And she talked about, like, that was weird, too. Like, he went by Dennis for seven years. Yeah. And he knew his... Like he said, he, he knew his name was Steven. Yeah. But everyone called him Dennis. And there was one time his mom used the name. He was, like, doing something at the kitchen table. And it was kind of loud. Lots was happening in the room. And he wouldn't answer. She was, like, calling to him, like, hey, Steven, Steven. And he didn't answer. So she said, Dennis, and got his attention. And she said she could, like, feel that it bugged her mom that she said it and never said it again. Yeah. But he called him Dennis one time. And he looked, like, you know, he was, that was so his name. used to that name, which is just so weird. 
No, that's crazy. Yeah, watch the Hulu thing. It's so crazy. I'm There's going so, to. like the 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 nurse, the nanny. I had to leave her at like the Barbara the, Mathias. Yeah, I um. There was a lot of stuff like that, and like there was more stuff the friends talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I talked for two and a half hours, and I'm no, still it's okay. My we, story was short. No, <laughs> we could st- we could keep going. Like it, it was wild. The pictures are really getting me. I'm not gonna lie. Like this is crazy. Adam still has not sent me a picture of him from the same age. And I meant to, like, screenshot when he showed me something earlier, but I don't have it. Little Timmy. He saved little Timmy. Oh, and that's what the other sisters aren't, like, their name. They weren't in the interviews or anything. And their names, I, I had a struggle to find their names. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like they tried to stay out of the spotlight a lot more than Carrie. I mean, Carrie committed a crime. That's why he's in the spotlight. <laughs> and Corey did. She was in the interviews and stuff. But his other sister's name, I have a picture of it because I found it in newspaper clipping. Uh, um, it was Jody was the oldest one. He actually marries a girl named Jody, so I thought that was funny. <laughs> Um, then Corey was the youngest one, Carrie was the older brother, and Cindy was the other sister. Gotcha. I want to know if his dad was actually a bad guy. I, I looked for it because, um, something said it was, like, fact, something said it, like, was blocked from the court because it seemed to be a rumor, uh-huh. something said, like, a psychiatrist talked about it, and I could not find, like, the the lining of truth and all of it. Like, I couldn't find something all the sources agreed on. Gotcha. So I wound up not writing it down. I didn't know if I was going to bring it up, but I brought it up. So. <laughs> Emily, that story was crazy. Oh, yeah. My mom told me the other day. She was like, do you know what happened about, like, his brother? And I was like, no. She's like, oh, he killed people. And I was like, mom, what? <laughs> you, <laughs> what do you mean? No, like, he was kidnapped. That's the story, right? And she's like, yeah, and his older brother, he killed people. And I was like, you're joking. And she was not joking. And I watched the whole thing last night. I was up so late watching these, like, documentaries. I could not stop watching. It's insane. Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Oh, my God. Wow. But they found him. He lived. Yeah. At least. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Fuck. (laughs) It's a wild one. No, yeah. Are you excited to watch TFIL now? I'm excited to never think about this case again. I have another exciting one I really want to talk about that I almost did instead of this one. Mm-hmm. So you have another wild one coming your way. I had a one hit. One of these trippy ones. You know, I think I I, I had my next one picked out for my true crime, but low-key I think I might do a Madeline McCain. Ooh. Just because, like, it's Topical. about to be solved. And, like, that's what made me do more Murray. Yeah. Just because it was about to be solved, so... Who knows? Maybe I'll do that just so I can talk about the new stuff that came out. That's exciting. It's always weird when stuff is solved so much later. No, yeah, we still haven't talked about the Zodiac Killer and the fact that we know who it is now. <laughs> we've we've talked about it a couple times, like right at the end, like this. No, yeah, like bro, his name solved the cipher. Like he definitely was the Zodiac Killer. And he left pretentious reviews on other movies about serial killers. No, yeah, I can't get over that his brother kind of looked like young Ted Bundy, and that's kind of gross. It it's weird. Bro, have you seen, I know it's not, like, the exact same thing at all, but celebrities who 
play serial killers who just look like them are the weirdest fucking thing. Like Ross Lynch as Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. And fucking Zach Efron as Ted Bundy. Why? Why do they look so similar? It's Why so are we talking creepy. about so many similar? Because I, I brought it up to you yeah. before we even started recording. It was like, uh, this is creepy how much this little kid looks like little Adam. Yeah. And then we talked about how his brother looks like Ted Bundy. And we're talking about now all these actors that look like other killers. Why are we on this topic today? I don't know. I'm going to have to cover doppelgangers. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I would love to hear you talk to me about that because I don't have the energy to research it, but I would love to hear about it. <laughs> Because that's always something that's fascinated me so much. It's so weird that it's happening. Like, I've heard so much of, oh, this person. I screenshotted a picture of my dad when he was little because I was like, oh, my gosh. I've never seen. I've grown up and being told I look just like my dad mm-hmm. and never like. I saw it in my eyes. But like just my. Let me show you. My dad's face in the picture. Kind of an older picture. But yeah. Yeah. I, it's like weird because it's one of those things that I never really put together. Right on the top. You do look like your dad. Yeah. Isn't that so, like, I've never, I've heard that my whole life, and I was like, I can kind of see it, but I saw this picture, and I was like, that's, wait, I can really see it in this one. Yeah. That's a little weird. And it's, that was this morning, but not, I wasn't looking for it. I stumbled upon this picture in my camera roll, and I was just, like, looking, just looked at it, because I was scrolling through, Mm -hmm. just looking at pictures. I don't even, I don't even know what I was doing, and I was like, oh my gosh, I look like my dad in this picture and then that happened and then (laughs) this is happening i don't understand what's happening with doppelgangers right now because um they are real and scary and evil twins are a thing that's parnell in the movie this one yeah right here too ew um but yeah podcast i hope you enjoyed that wild story isn't Uh. it absolutely insane that yeah it blew my mind so i had to talk about it um follow us on everything yeah we'll tell you about the tfil next time (laughs) follow us um on tiktok on instagram um join our discord everything is in the link tree in our uh instagram bio so like our google drive our discord all that is available in one convenient spot um yeah have a good day love you podcast bye